0: The garden help you need. Now, Mid South Gardening on the Mighty 990, powered by Palladio Home and Garden, with your hosts, Veta Vance, Kenneth Mabry, and Jim Crowder.
1: Good morning and welcome to Mid South Gardening. Glad you're up with us on this chilly morning. 19, chilly! Yeah, 19 degrees, wind chill. I didn't check that part. But when Chill zero. It's I, cold. It is so cold. I'm Veda with Palladio Garden. And I'm Dan uh, Kenneth with Dan with <laughs> Dan. Dan with <laughs> Kenneth Garden. Singing?
2: I'm down with it. <laughs> and I'm Joe Crowder.
1: <laughs> the administrator of our Facebook page Yeah, thank, thank you gardening. <laughs> I've been
3: called lots of things That's one of the nicer ones But oh. formally good morning to you, Miss Veda thank And to Jim. you, Mr. Jim
1: You know, uh-huh. I've been doing this show for something like 27 years or more I don't know And you have never, never got that backwards I'm Dan West with Ken Well, Kenneth. I was trying to put my headphones on I was
3: trying to look at a text that Jim had sent me And <laughs> just a lot of stuff going on uh-huh. It, uh-huh. Something's happening
2: to Ken Because you know, last week, you know he thought we were in a commercial and just over here p- piddling
3: <laughs> yeah, around. Yeah. And Amanda and I are talking on air. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, Why don't we save this for the show, guys? <laughs> and this, we're on the air. <laughs>
1: I think this Christmas tree season was rough on you this Jesus. year. <laughs> oh, my goodness, y'all. I, di- I don't think we're um, ever going to get snow this year. What do you think? I mean, uh, I, I feel I, like it keeps p- the warm air keeps pushing up. Well,
2: we're going to get as this... It's going to start raining on Tuesday, okay? Mm-hmm. And when it gets just about out, we're going to get some freezing rain on the back end of this thing. Yeah. Um, but I think it's going to be warm enough that it's not going to cause us any grief. That's,
1: that's what keeps happening. Yeah.
2: The jet jet stream is just not helping us if you want snow
1: that's that's what i'm saying it's that jet stream pushing that warmth up because it keeps happening we get so close to the snow and then it's like oh no wait Mm -hmm. we're gonna be warm No, we'll get
3: rain in 36 degrees you know it's cold and miserable and wet if it was just four degrees cooler maybe you would get a good old heavy
1: snow but then you
2: know it was supposed to be 24 degrees in orlando Oh Last yeah. night, not I've good. I've heard that. Yeah. So you th- know, that's know. where the lizards fall out of the trees. Yeah,
1: yeah what do they call it? The It's I the guan-drop weather. Oh, iguana rain weather. Yeah. Oh, it, rain, it weather. Goana, <laughs> goana
2: rain when it gets so cold that they lose their grip and they start falling, <laughs> you know, these, and, and they're not, uh, they're not small. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but they, they make they come back. I mean they don't oh, they die. Warm up. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. In <laughs> fact there was a
2: s- story last year with us and I told this yesterday. There w- <laughs> a guy was driving down a, it was cold and driving down the road. He saw one on the side of the road. He oh, I'm gonna take that. It's dead. I'm gonna take it and show it to my <laughs> kid. <laughs> so he puts it in the car. Well, now, let me just, tell he was just playing possum. Having <laughs> owned an iguana, I know. <laughs> right. <laughs> they are extremely powerful. Really. They do not like to be confined. Oh my god! So, you know, it um I think he had to abandon the car. <laughs> wow,
1: that would be so scary. That's like the person who thought the deer was dead on the side uh, of the yeah. road and they put him in the car to go home, and it gets him, it wakes up. Okay, well, gosh, I
3: know. Now, do you possum. still have any iguanas, Jim? No,
2: I do not. No. Now,
3: do you still have any furry
2: friends back in your greenhouse, or uh, the only? Uh, other, well, I have you know, yard full of box turtles that just wander and go back and forth, <laughs> um, <laughs> which is awesome. And I have my parrot. Oh, that's right. You got the yeah, bird back there, right? Always squawking at
1: him. Here, kitty, kitty, kitty. Yep.
2: (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) I know. Your stories of birds makes me really want to get a bird, and that would have been the last thing I ever thought that I would want would be a bird in the house. But I've seen your birds, Jan, Jan, Jamie's. You would
2: need to have your own place, though, so you don't – a single wall between you and a, par- a parrot and your neighbor is not a good idea. Oh man! <laughs> yeah, because when they want to get your attention, they can do that. Really, <laughs> See, it all sounds good on paper. Yeah, you know? yeah, exactly.
1: Okay, so so I guess I'll keep my birds out.
2: I was raising turkeys. a little they, they're they're the size of a parakeet, but they're much more colorful. They're wonderful little birds, and they make almost no noise. Aww. They're perfect birds for apartments. Uh huh. But, you know, I had a lot of them. So. Yeah.
1: Yes. Yeah, so, so they made a lot of so, noise together.
2: And now with my dear wife retiring here in the next 30 days, uh, you know, things we're gonna, might have to change. We're going to travel a little bit, I hope, you know, Yay. go over to West Memphis and yeah. <laughs> yeah, <goes>. Right. <laughs> when they pack a bag, we're yeah. heading out.
1: Uh-oh, I hear your plants now going, Jim, Jim, yeah. what, what, you're, li- you're leaving? <laughs> you're never gone. For- I know. Okay. So, um, yeah, we'll birding, birding. I want to, um, y'all throw some seeds out. Feed these little yeah. birds. I mm-hmm. I uh, went a few days without putting bird seed out, just not in that area that much. And I was thinking, why is it just so quiet or what's going on and I realized oh, all these stuff?
3: birds looking through the window and yeah, they cross at it.
1: And, and then I realized it's such energy and fun to watch all the birds because mm-hmm. they're in the bird bath playing, they're they're diving for each other, trying to get the food, searching for, them. I mean that's something fun to watch. So
3: so you get the really, really cheap, cheap bird seed mm-hmm. that you can put out there and then you can watch the birds kind of scratch through yeah, all that seed to right. get that one little nugget that they want.
1: And then they and, throw all the seed on the side.
3: Yeah, and then all well, are, are on the ground and mm-hmm. then later on the spring, you get all that stuff to, right. to germinate in your bed.
1: But we don't sell the cheap cheese. There birds. you go. See? It does make a <laughs> I big set difference. You, up. you set me yeah. up. Yeah, the birds, I mean, the bird seed we have, you can actually see the fruit in it. I almost, it looks like a trail mix. I almost eat it myself. And that's for, um, well, we've got bird mix for different types of birds mm-hmm. or, uh, that you want to attract. But my favorites are those suet cakes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they're just so easy. I sell them out on the ground or hang them up. And,
3: and you're right. Birding can be as simple as putting bird seed out in a feeder, you know, outside of a window. Mm-hmm. And I've known uh, people, and still do, that, uh, I mean, they travel the world, honestly, to watch these birds. Wow. Mm-hmm. And there's one p- the guy in particular, a great friend of mine, he's a retired pilot, he uh, he'll, he, used to go up to Labrador, up in the northern part of Canada, I guess. And he, his big thing was uh, seagoing birds. Mm-hmm. That's just what he loved to photograph and be around and just the whole experience. But he would go up there and stay the whole summer.
4: Man.
3: Uh, and, it, and just for that reason – but it, I, I just thought how ironic is it that he's here? this guy is a retired pilot who loved to fly, mm-hmm. you know, and one of his passions was watching birds, birds yeah. fly, you know, and take pictures of them. But it, it's, it's pretty cool. I mean, I've seen a lot of his pictures. And uh, whether he's up in Labrador, Canada, or whether he's in some of the jungle settings. Uh, on, on the coastlines. I mean, y'all, it's, it's really remarkable yeah. and it can be very fulfilling, you know, just, uh, getting out just there and doing birding. some birding. Yes. Right. Yeah.
2: We have a, one of the members in our Facebook group, Mark Salzman, who lives up in Kentucky, uh, put some of the most fabulous bird pictures on our, our Facebook group. Uh, he's been here recently filming a short-eared owl and I mean, mm. catching them in flight absolutely perfectly in focus. I mean, those big yellow eyes staring at you. It's just, he just, he does some wonderful
1: stuff. Owls are so precious. Yeah, and he's he's out <laughs>
2: in the country where he gets a, a huge selection. You know, I got a dozen types of birds, and that's about yeah, it. You know, right? But he's including got, the sparrow he, right. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I have very few sparrows though because I don't feed any millet. And that's the biggest thing, I man. Yeah. It's using a good quality bird seed. Yeah. You know,
3: really or suet is.
2: cake, or, or which, yeah. whichever way you want to go, or both. Right. Yeah. I feed mealworms worms, but mealworms worms have gotten pretty expensive. I just recently switched to um, their uh, black Spanish fly larva. They look more, they look like very healthy uh, mealworms, and they're. They say they've got about eighty-five percent more calcium in them. So we're going <laughs> to see for the birds. Yeah, yeah. so I got it looks like one more serving of uh, mealie bugs, mealie mealworms. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, left in the bucket, and then we're going to switch over. And what over kind to, of birds in particular go what, to that type of suet? Wood, woodpeckers love it. Um, bluebirds particularly love mm-hmm. it. And, uh, I have a feeder that's just for mealworms. And bluebirds get in there. We get, um, uh, what's that little bird? I can't think of that. It has uh, has a little red top on it, and I can't think of the name of it now. The red top? Kinglet. Kinglet. Uh, We get a lot of those. uh, But we get, because we do no corn, we get very few uh, blackbirds. Right. You know, we get uh, all, very few sparrows. And, get a world of purple finches yeah. or house finches. More, you know, mostly. You house get the finches. better yeah, birds right. out there, and, and then
1: we'll, you can always munch on the mealy worms too. Yes,
2: yeah. And then I'll, when it gets I'll just a that. little right. bit, little bit warmer here, I'll put out um, uh, some uh, th- uh, thistle seed for the gold finches.
3: Now, what yeah. about the
2: water part, guys? I mean, it, you know, shouldn't there always be enough little
3: pockets of water out there for birds? Yeah, that's not a problem in my house. Yeah, well, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, but a I'm, lot
1: of people just have that stark, dry yard. But it, you know, like no. even
3: man, I've got a bird bath, and I always mm-hmm. try to keep water in it in the spring and summer. I mean, good fresh water. I wash it out once a week and put new mm-hmm. water in there. But this time of year, you know, it's going to freeze. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I, you know, I don't worry about actually keeping water in yeah. the you know the bird bath well, this you know, time of year. Like
1: if a bird bath is sealed yeah. so the water can't get into the, co- it, right. yeah, and crack it because it can still expand upward. But I know you do have yeah. to but have you pockets know, if of water you, if
2: you don't fill it up though. If you'll just put enough water in there for basically a quarter inch or so on the bottom, yeah. you mm-hmm. don't worry about it freezing. Yeah. Okay, and because it's so close to the concrete, it mm, thaws quickly. True. Yeah, Good it'll point. freeze quick, but it'll re- it'll thaw quick, and so this. Almost always some water. And available. then, of course, there's always
3: yeah. the, you know, the heaters or oh, yeah. you can put yeah. in there to mm-hmm. keep that water from freezing. But, you know, it's not just the food part. I mean, they have to have water also.
1: It's where would they go to get water? Well, you know, but in some of it. the suburbs and all, unless we're going to help them out some. I mean, yeah. but
3: usually in mm-hmm. gutters. I mean, there's always going to, it seems like they can always find some water somewhere. Oh, yeah. But the biggest thing also, was it last year or year before last, there were a lot of dead birds. When I say that. Yeah. Jim, especially the bluebirds. Bluebirds, yep. Um, I had that happen. And I've got a bluebird house uh in my backyard. Uh and these bluebirds are there, I'm telling you, basically year round. I mean, not all bluebirds migrate. Mm-hmm. Or do any of bluebirds migrate? Maybe I don't know. But they're there. And they yeah. and they raise a couple broods every year. Um and uh and the same guy I was telling you about the pilot, one of his passionate birds are bluebirds. I mean, that's mm-hmm. he goes out and puts bluebird houses up all over Shelby County. But he showed me pictures of a lot of bluebirds that were dead Mm -hmm. in their houses because of that that hard freeze we had last year.
2: Yeah, and zero degrees. And, you know, like at my house, I had a bluebird house up also. And, in fact, I took a picture that had six bluebirds sitting side by side uh, just as close as they could get together. Uh, and then we had the hard freeze, and four of those that, it's amazing. passed in the house. And I have not had a bluebird get in the house now. So really? I'm about to replace the house. Mm-hmm. You know, I cleaned it out really well, yeah. but it's still apparently they're yeah. not wanting to nest in it. Yeah.
3: So, well, I think,
1: man, I didn't, I mean, because where would the bluebirds go <laughs> when to stay warm? Well, we got to go to a break, and then you'll find out afterwards. You can give us a call 260 260- no. What is uh-huh. the number? Two six zero five nine two
4: six.
1: Good morning. Welcome back to Mid South Gardening. So, so the bluebirds. This was making me confused because if the bluebirds can live here. And then why did they freeze? And I know it was abnormally cold and all of that. Last year, yeah, yeah I mean it
3: wasn't just the cold. I mean, cold had a lot to do with it, but it, everything was frozen up. No food out there, no water out there. I mean, it went on for a week. Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, it was just a perfect storm, yeah. and a lot of them just didn't make it. But you know, there, there's enough out there. The populations will come back.
1: Well, you know, I got we got snowed in or iced in all of the above before, and I went home without bird seed. But I made cornbread.
3: Yes, you did. You know,
1: you got to have cornbread to go with your chili. You got to have it to go with your beans and all of that. So, and I remember my grand with my grandparents, um, we would take the cornbread and just throw it out, you know, on the snow and watch the birds collect it. So I made cornbread for me and the birds. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I I know it wasn't like as healthy as the wild delight bird food or. Or whatever, but they got in a something. Pinch, it's not a they problem. Something, and I get to enjoy watching them, and got to watch the cat enjoy watching the birds.
3: Well, all you got to do is go out there and sow some seed on the ground that you're trying mm-hmm. to germinate, right? You get all the oh, birds right. in the world. Could have
1: done that too. And
3: having said that, I was talking to a gentleman yesterday. Mm-hmm. This is a story about a pre-emergent. Also, <laughs> he had gone out there and sown some uh, a combination of rye and fescue. And uh, it came up beautiful. I mean, it was green, lush. Everything was going perfect. But then he went back out there about two weeks ago. And even though it's been cold, we've had some mild days. And he knew that it would probably take a little longer for either uh, rye or fescue or a combination of the two to germinate this time of year. But it was actually maybe three weeks ago when he sowed uh, the seed. Not one seed has germinated. Okay? Not one. Not one.
1: And the weather's been really yeah, good we've for been Yeah, we've had some out. So I asked the
3: guy, I said, do you have a long care service? And he went, well, yes, oh. I do. I said, do you think they have put a pre-emergent down in the last week or two? And he mm-hmm. said, well, they've been out there. I don't know what they've done. And I said, well, <laughs> you need to call them. Well, sure enough, he calls me back. They put a pre-emergent down.
4: Oh, no. <laughs> you know,
3: so th- that's the old story again where, you know, if you've you got a long care service. Yeah, yeah if, they, if they have put a pre-emergent down you know, it's going to do you no good to go out there and sow some seed after that pre-emergent has been put Man, down.
1: Now, you know, almost should put that on the label because you think— because, I mean, if you're not a gardener and you're not taking time just thinking it he all did, he through, didn't think about it. it says that it stops your weeds <coughs> before they come up. This didn't say anything about stopping your yeah, grass uh, <laughs> His
2: lawn service should have known that, too. Uh,
1: yeah, but you know, they here they tell in the
2: Mid-South, they, kn- they know that you're going to have to do some reseeding of fescue. This is true. Both Good spring point. and fall. Yeah. So they should not.
1: Exactly. That is um, true. They shouldn't be doing
3: it. But the reason so, I'm bringing this up is mm-hmm. everybody be aware. You know, if you've got a lawn care service or if you even do it yourself, if you put a pre-emergent down and people are starting to, you know, those some people are already putting pre emergents yeah, down. they are. Um, it, it, it does a great job in keeping seed from germinating. And a pre-emergent doesn't know if it's good seed or bad seed. If it's seed, it's not going to come up. That's why we put it down. It's a mm-hmm. pre-emergent. So mm-hmm. this is just uh, another one of those stories where uh, the lawn care service had done their job. You know, they're not doing yeah. anything wrong by putting the pre-emergent down. It's just that he didn't have a clue
1: mm-hmm. of, why it could possibly yeah. not be coming up. Yeah. Wow. So like like the way the weather feels today, I feel like we're we're gonna. Um, I don't have the spring fever went away. It's so cold the spring fever went away because I feel like it spring's a long time away now. Well, but you know, the it frost gets d- here before you know. Yeah, and
3: the frost date around here is what, April fifteenth. I mean mm-hmm. that's typically when we have our last frost.
1: You know, I guess the thing is I shouldn't really we shouldn't get major spring fever because we can plant all year round. Somebody said the other day we can. um well, I'm not going to plant next weekend because the ground's going to be frozen. It'll be hard to dig through. And I said, are you from Memphis? (laughs) You know, because it's the ground is still very warm from all the the time that through the winter that it's been warm. And what do we what would we even freeze a half a quarter of an any soil? Well,
2: actually, yesterday I had a. I was going to plant a little hellebore and mm-hmm. went out on on the north side of my house where it gets no sun this time of year, mm-hmm. and it was it was frozen about a half inch deep. Yeah, so yeah.
1: so yeah, but we're not like six inches. Some people are thinking because no. you could yeah. dig through that. I mean, it's still frozen, but you could still dig through it and yeah, chop it up. I out. don't but,
2: I don't ever remember soil freezing that deep. No. Through. You know, I'm, I'm sure it could, but, you know, it just doesn't get that cold that long here. Yay. Yay. <laughs> okay, well, well, I, I look, think about up north, though, where they talk I about, know. you know, their gas lines. It gets so cold the gas won't flow. Really? Yeah.
1: <laughs> wow. <laughs> I can't. They, they can have it. Well, I think mm. the garden centers there are open uh, three months out of the year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, and another thing, guys,
3: I want to bring up is we've got quite a few containers. Uh, that Gina always wants me to put stuff in, and usually it's annual color, and sometimes a combination of, of annuals and perennials, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and then not only in containers, but just in, in like in a bed in my backyard by the bay window where, I, where the bird feeder is. I was looking at figs last night online, and that, you know, the, for example, like the little Miss Figgy, Okay, mm-hmm. that would be a perfect ornamental tropical-looking it plant. Is, yeah. to put in a container. Mm-hmm. You know, Good I don't, idea. I don't really care about figs. I don't. Want, mm-hmm. I mean, I'll eat them, but it's, that's not even why I would plant this thing. Yeah, you know. So I think I'm gonna put, you know, either a little Miss Figgy in a pot to have that kind of tropical leaf. I love the mm-hmm. leaf structure of it, or just get a Celeste or Brown Turkey or one of these other ones. And put it in a little bed where a nice little ornamental tree needs to be. Yeah,
4: that well,
2: sounds and just, no. good. Yeah, but a Celeste is not going to be a nice little ornamental tree. Well,
3: no, I can keep it cut. Little you know, figgy. Or, uh, uh, or, or you'll have to
2: tell me which one. Yeah, then, they which, bloom on second. Uh, they produce best on second year but wood. But see, he,
1: Jim, he was not Jim, Kenneth, Jim, Kenneth, Jim. Uh-huh, yeah, Kenneth uh-huh, said yeah. that uh, he didn't want it for the fruit. So would that work then? Well, if yeah, you- if
2: he just wants foliage, he can get it to the ground every year. Oh, okay. and, and
3: that's what I'm saying. I just really want it there for that ornamental, tropical yeah. look. I love
2: the 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 look of a fig leaf. Yeah. This is, other than Chicago hardy, this is about the north farthest north you can grow fig. Right, figs. that's right. Okay. In a container, you know, th- they say the rule is that if it's zones five hardy in a container... You know, it's going to be be seven already. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you lose two full zones. zones. Mm -hmm. So uh, that puts a fig down at nine, and that's going to be difficult some years to keep it alive. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but, you you know, know. I mean, this pot is, I think it's big enough uh, to where it's not going to freeze
3: all the way through. I can put a little mulch on the top of it. Um, you know, I mean, I'm gonna try. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, and if Work it doesn't make it through that first winter, then you know, I can plant it as an annual. To be plant another one. But I, but <laughs> I just, I, I like that the mean. the structure and and the leaf look, uh, and I think it would look great lum- 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 in a container.
2: Fig- yeah, little miss does produce on first year wood, so it's okay. you yeah. know if it dies to the ground, it'll come back and produce fruit, and it is probably the best tasting fig that you will ever plant really it is a sport of one of uh, one that's got a french name and i'd have to look it up i've forgotten what it is uh found in the nursery in south carolina and it is um, it was just a natural dwarf like offshoot <laughs> witch's broom yeah you know mm-hmm. uh and the guy propagated it and that's what he calls little miss figgy be darned. Uh, and it is it is absolutely outstanding fruit
3: now, other than the dwarf little Miss Figgy that there again, I think I'm gonna put in a pot just because of the look of it. Uh, the other type of figs, whether it's you know LSU gold, LSU
2: purple, Celeste, Brown Turkey.
3: I mean, do you have any preference on
2: here? Yeah. Brown Turkey. Okay. Yeah, just simply because it does produce on first year wood. Every year you can cut it to the ground, come back up and have a crop in the fall. Gotcha. You know, in fact, you'll get more by doing that. You know, uh-huh. it's hard to. Th- convince people, you know, to cut it down each year if it does if Mother Nature doesn't do it. But yeah, it will um it will it will produce on first well, year wood I'll and produce in, a lot of figs. I'll keep you informed on how the little Miss Figgy does yeah. in the pot.
1: That name is just so cute you have to buy the plant because of the name. <laughs> yeah.
2: I lost mine in the in the freeze uh November freeze back in two thousand nineteen. Has it been that long?
1: Yeah. I know it yeah. it's almost like we lost a year somewhere we don't know it just kind of never happened okay if y'all want to find out answers to your questions in gardening 260-5926 Welcome back to Mid-South Gardening. Give us a co- call, 260-5926. Yeah, I think I said give us a coat. <laughs> we that definitely also. need a coat. Uh, yeah, so... Um, 260-5926.
3: Right. That's an easy number right oh, there. Oh, you
1: know, if, if you're having trouble picking this up, you can do uh, ra- uh, kwamradio.com mm-hmm. and stream us that way. And, of course, you can always listen to our podcast. If um, you can't stay awake for all three hours. tell your friends
2: all over the country they can listen at (laughs) kwamradio.com.
1: Absolutely. I've got uh, some Floridians down there listening because we're talking about houseplants through Throughout the show as Which well, are
2: shrubs down there, you know, plant outside. Exactly. It's amazing, <laughs> exactly. You know,
3: Jim, yeah. you're not kidding. I mean, you see crotons growing out there, almost like a hedge. I it, know, it, and they are spectacular. They are. They you look know, great there. Yeah, full sun, great color. They
2: look just
1: super. But, it, but
3: it's just so surreal to me. And Jerry, mm-hmm. hang on just a second. Um, and we were down in Orlando, actually, even south of Orlando, Florida. And this, like you said, the house plants mm-hmm. that we have up here that we, you know, grow in containers in the house or surely bring them inside in the wintertime, they're just just landscape oh, yeah, plants are. Well, down just there. think,
1: like, here you go buy a pothos ivy and how big, What? how big's the leaf, you know, like... Four inches wide. Yeah, yeah. right. But... There, they're growing as vines, and their leaves are a foot yep. by right. a foot. It they may give, be even bigger. Give them
2: something to climb, and those leaves get bigger and bigger. Yeah. Pretty amazing. If you let do. them trail; they get smaller and smaller.
1: Right. Oh, you know. then we have this uh, Brazil pro- pothos. Do. That that's true.
3: Why? Hold on, and Jerry, hang on one more second. Yeah. Why? Why in the world would that be? If it's growing up a wall, mm-hmm. the leaves are bigger. If it's mm-hmm. growing down. Or you it mean the sideways? Top, horse, the
1: sideways yeah. they're a little smaller. Mm-hmm. And roses like to grow sideways, and they bloom better. But they don't that's bloom right. better straight up. How do you ever know? What were you going to say? How does that happen?
2: I was going. I was going to say, let's take that phone call.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. So now. Okay. <laughs> Whatever I can't answer. Hey, Jerry. <laughs> I know. I was like, oh, I got that one for you, Jerry. Good morning. You're in Mid South Gardening. Morning. Thank you.
5: Somebody else is upset, y'all. No, that's right, <laughs> yes. buddy. Yes, okay. sir. Uh, is it, a, it be
2: okay? Uh, like Monday, it was gonna be sixty-five. Trim my burning bushes, back uh, yes, absolutely. I love that bush.
1: Mm-hmm. Is there dormant? Yeah, they're, they're dormant. Not, you yeah. can
2: you can do whatever you need to them.
1: Yeah, even if it's it going to, to be colder this this weekend, the coming weekend, you're still good.
2: Yeah, yeah.
5: Same way was the monkey grass. Give it a haircut.
3: Yeah. Yeah, me and we were talking about that this last weekend. Me and Vader were like, yeah. uh, you need to hang on for a minute. And Jim's like, get out there ahead. and cut that yeah. thing back. Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. They're tough. Sounds like a good cow
1: for monkey.
3: All right, yeah. Jerry.
1: We gave you some projects today. Enjoy and thanks for the call. Thanks, Jerry. Yeah, I know. I still feel like it's just cold on the monkey grass because you took the tops off. But I know that's just uh, projecting my human emotion on a plant. Yes, but i tell you what, though. absolutely <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah.
3: Burning bush. You want them Uh-huh. Um, which is illegal in many states. Yeah, but i tell you what, though. I mean, it's just such a nondescript shrub. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't even notice the thing until, until. fall. And I love – in the fall, it's one of the prettiest shrubs out there.
2: I'm serious.
1: Just think, too, in the winter it's pretty because it's got really neat-looking stems. It's got the
2: little – the wings on it. Yeah. In fact, if you look hard, there's a a cultivar called Monstrosa that -hmm. has exaggerated wings there. I mean, you're looking at a stem and and it – Basically, is five or six times as wide because of the wings on it. It's just really spectacular. And does
3: it have that really pretty fall oh, color? Yeah. Also, great
2: fall color gets big. You know, it's uh, max out probably in ten to twelve feet if you let it, but you can keep it at four feet if you want to mm-hmm. shear it. You know, because you're not looking at any blooms or anything. All we're going to get is the fall color yeah. from the foliage. So, so
1: yeah, that's that. Is that the same as it? A- Dwarf burning bush or is it too dwarf? dwarf? No, okay, that, good. Because yeah, I have the dwarf, dwarf and I'm like, wait, I remember that botanical name. Yeah. Yeah. So, is, yeah, is, is, yeah. is, the, is yeah. the botanical name. That was, I was thrilled because a regular size uh, burning bush is pretty big. Yeah. Actually, I mean, big canes and all, but the fall color is insanely beautiful. So now there's little dwarf ones we can use in our small little yeah. stamp like lots. Yeah. And, and then,
3: you know, every time I hear someone wanting to cut back monkey grass, which I surely recommend, mm-hmm. it always makes me think about. When Jim and Jim yep. were doing the show, yeah, yeah. you know, and yeah. that's
2: one of the things people mention whenever they. I remember the Jim and Jim mm-hmm. show. You guys had the argument about the. Loretta yeah, thing. yeah. And the yeah, argument yeah. was Jim Crowder, who's sitting <laughs> here right beside me. Jim said, "I don't care if
3: you get a bush hog, a lawn a <laughs> <poor>, weed <laughs> yeah. eater. Just get out, get out there and cut it back. Zip Whatever it. it takes to cut mm-hmm. it back. Yeah, yeah.
2: just yeah. cut it off. Then go back in the house and watch football. Right.
3: And but then no. Jim Brown. Damn, yeah. No, he wanted to get a pair of sharp scissors mm-hmm. and go out there and just gently cut this monkey grass back. You know, nice little clean cut. Jim was like,
1: I don't no. have time for Zen. I but, don't want to sit here and Zen on my monkey grass. Yeah, but
3: I think about that every time I hear someone mention cutting back G- monkey in, grass.
2: Jim, he's diehard liberal. You know, he believed in giving a plant everything it needed from cradle to grave. Yeah, okay, <laughs> baby, that sucker. Let it take care. You know, I could only have right. like five plants. I, I'm, if, I'm the conservative guy. I put it in the garden if it makes it fine. If it mm, doesn't, it's out of here. Survival right. of the fittest. That's dog. right. You right. Know? Well, you know,
1: <laughs> uh, people ask that question like if you're Lyriopa monkey grass is you you didn't cut it back in time and now the tops are coming up but you still have all that ugly stuff that was that's when you have to get down with the scissors to cut all that Mm -hmm. ugly stuff off so you don't cut the tops off but does it even matter because the tops come back?
2: Well, yeah, but they will have square, raggedy edges season? through most of the yeah, season. Yeah, exactly. the rest I never of the season, to try that right. out. That's, But so it well, what matters, you can do, yeah. leave, the, leave the foliage on it through till about August first or so, mm-hmm. and then shear sure it again. Okay, yeah. then it'll put up all good stuff that you'll have through the winter.
1: Right. right. So right. see, I could almost see myself with the scissors if I waited too long. Or maybe not scissors, but the hedgers. But so you know. I and mean, that's why
3: they want you to cut monkey grass back before the new growth comes out, because then again, if you cut the top of the new growth, mm-hmm. you're going to have that little jagged edge for the rest I of the growing season. I can't
1: handle that. Yeah. Cannot handle that. Yeah, yeah. I be can't awesome.
2: see it. So, <laughs> oh, so you're all me.
1: good now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, um, David. Thanks for calling Mid South Gardening. How are you this morning? Hey, morning. Hey, David.
5: Yeah, morning. Uh, since the uh, the big tornado, I, I was uh, studying up about that tornado alley, and apparently the Ohio River Valley and the uh, uh, Mississippi River Valley are going to be now considered big part of the. Tornado Alley. Well, that's not
3: good to hear. You know, it it is shifting. No
5: kidding. And so I was, uh, you know, they say with uh, a big part of global warming is we've cut down too many trees, Mm. and it's creating a flat plane that is, you know, Mm. really conducive to things like you know weather patterns that uh, have long and sustained winds. Mm. And uh, I'm just wondering if there's any way that uh, you know the listeners could get. Uh, get started planting more trees.
1: Well, thanks for the call, David. That's a good question See, on that. I um, love
3: David's always thinking about you know the environment. Yeah. He really is, well, you which know, I think is great.
1: I I uh, feel very very hopeful for the future of our environment and all, just from being around a lot of the younger generation and what they're learning and thinking about and seeing because, yeah, you know, our generations made mistakes. I mean, Mm -hmm. we always learn from our past generations mistakes. Uh, We've got to figure out what to do. But there are so many programs and so much happening. It's not happening maybe fast enough, but I see us improving and you know when you watch the history of the world and the history of the world, there's always climate change. I mean, oh, there's cities absolutely. underwater now that that we never knew were there. Right here, I yeah. mean, maybe right here up we a little were at, bit. Yeah. The,
2: at the bottom of a shallow sea, about 800 yeah. feet of water above us. Mm-hmm. Now, David, I think David's in California. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, what about that, what David said? And, David, thank you for the call. Well, mm-hmm.
2: It is shifting. You know, back in the 30s and 40s, we had that the, the great drought through Oklahoma and all that. And that was just an event that happened in the weather. Right. We're seeing that more in the Northwest right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's always patches of climate change that mm-hmm. are usually, in the grand scheme of things, short term. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, at one time. Sahara Desert wasn't there. It right. was all green. Yeah, you know?
1: yeah that was amazing when right. I learned that. And, that, and the,
2: obviously t- when we do things like excuse me, cut mm-hmm. the Amazon where we cut down so many trees.
3: Which is still going on to this yeah. day.
2: Right. But it's actually what you hear about is the deforestation. But what you don't hear is that a lot of it goes back to forest exactly. after three, four years. Yeah. Because there's only so much good topsoil on there. Once they mm-hmm. cut the trees down, it's basically washing away mm-hmm. and so it's not good for farmland anymore so a lot of that's coming back so you know you got to have crops to grow mm-hmm. things so they're going to be some areas that are going to not have trees. Well, don't we yeah. still have
3: uh, like, what is it, Arboretum Day that yeah. you know every everybody year plants everybody plants all. a tree? You well,
1: know? we just we just yeah. hear and all the negative. I mean, we we've got to. I mean, there is a lot of negative. That's for sure. But um, I think everyone becoming more aware and, and start like I told my son because he, he likes the environment and all of that. And he's like, well, I'm not really going to go to college to do that. And I said, well, sometimes the world needs people that aren't in the college uh, graduation scene or or whatever that is, but somebody to... To lead people into starting programs To repopulate uh, with trees and shrubs and all Because that's the big thing Like what did somebody say If uh, we had If trees were cell phone towers Everybody would be planting one Yeah no doubt <laughs> You know Hey that's so, a truth. Yeah so I mean our thing I mean we need to plant diversity All in our lo- yards and landscapes For animals that are migrating So they'll have food to eat on the way You know everybody's yard needs to be diverse So we can spread the animals out to all the other yards as well so Amen. so one person has the best most environmentally set up yard so all the animals are going to hang out there but if the neighbors would help then maybe the five moles that would be in your yard, maybe they're separated out. So, you know, one mole in your yard, it's not too bad. Yeah, right. Yeah. You no, know,
2: it is, but not too bad. Not
1: too bad. Considering know, the reality
2: that's our, is that if you spread those out, you have more moles. Yeah, no, it's
1: like, well, then we then that's when we have to, humans have to step in and, you know, we'd all have to get on the same program. But
3: I guess, it, and, and to take out of this from David's phone call, is, I mean, people need to be aware. You're exactly right. I mean, we are in a changing world. Mm-hmm. Uh, even, uh, you know, where we live, you know, it, it, it actually is changing. So just, uh, you know, be aware and be, a, be conscious of all of that. And anything that we could do as individuals mm-hmm. to make our place a little better, whether it's planting a tree every year or going out and volunteering, Right. plant trees. I mean, it's just a well, win-win situation. There
1: are buildings now, and I don't think there's any in in America right now, but throughout the world that they're actually, the archa- it's actually built to hold huge planter boxes off the patios all the way up the buildings, and there's diverse landscapes planted. You could do a full-time, you'd have to have a maintenance mm-hmm. team, and these apartments are like, 20 stories or so and it's so beautiful and all the green roofs that are being planted and then um there's towers big big tall uh towers that they grow vines up all in this one area which re- which cools that little section wow. so um you know, there, there's all these things that are happening that's not even over here yet. I mean, what what's that about? But it's happening. They're, we're, that's our vertical gardening. There you go. And so the architects and all that are, are working it in. So um, we're going to go to a break and love to hear all your gardening questions. Give us a call, 260-5926. <clears throat> Good morning. Welcome back to Mid-South Gardening. So I'll take your gardening questions to 605-926. If you're having trouble hearing us, stream us online at kwamradio.com.
3: Absolutely. And then you always can go back and listen to the podcast anytime you want. And then you can even go to the Mighty 990 Mm -hmm. Facebook page and see Veda live right now. There she is.
1: Hey, y'all. <laughs> hey, you know, we
3: were talking about figs uh, this morning, how I'm going to plant a little Miss Figgy in a container and maybe even another uh, brown turkey fig somewhere mm-hmm. just to use as an ornamental tree. That's all I want it yeah. for. It's just as the, is the shape of the leaf and everything. But, but y'all, I was also, you know, I've, the only rose I've ever grown has been like a shrub rose in a pot. Actually, really? like, a, like a drift rose. Mm-hmm. Except for
1: all those that you carry at Dan West every year for the last year. Yes, yeah. I mean, I sell those. a million yeah. of them.
3: You know, and there's, you know, teas and Grandiflores and Floribundas and Climbers and all the shrub roses. But there again, the only ones I've ever grown have been just what they call mm-hmm. dwarf shrub roses, uh, like a drift rose um, in, in containers. And they're great for containers, by the way. But all of a sudden, I'm getting more interested in the David Austin roses. Gosh,
1: they've been my favorite forever. You
3: know, and I just, and I don't know why. Mm-hmm. You know, the blooms are completely different on the David Austin. They
1: smell great. Maybe it, that's one. Yeah,
3: and they the fragrance is you can't beat it. Yeah. I mean, out of all the roses out there, these mm-hmm. are probably top notch the most fragrant roses you can get your hands on. They
1: could be earth kind roses. Yeah. So
3: and they come in all the different colors, but it's mm-hmm. also the structure of the ah, bloom. Oh, gotcha. You know? Mm-hmm. Uh and You know, a a David Austin rose is a cross between, what, an old English rose and a modern rose. Uh, So you get all the attributes of the English rose, but Mm -hmm. you get all the great characteristics of a modern rose, right? So, Jim, any pros and cons, Veda, on David Austin roses? I
1: love every one of them. Yeah, me too. And I have great results when I grow them.
3: I mean, I'm
2: I'm ready. I think I'm going to... But I was
1: also. I like Jim's face. Are my, you going say my, my something My daddy negative? told
2: me if I didn't have something positive, say. I know. In my I was gonna say I see
1: <coughs> his face. He's already. They
2: are without a doubt the most fragrant roses you will grow. Uh, I don't like the form. See, I, I like, do. I like mm-hmm. the classic bud yeah. cutting yeah. rose. That to me is a true rose. Well, those that have mm. five thousand petals crammed in there. See, I love that. Mm-hmm. Look. See, I do and too. I don't. Yeah. So. And,
1: and maybe so, yeah. They, so you're the hybrid tea. Grandif- I'm a hybrid yeah. tea grandiflora. Yeah. floribunda. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
3: yeah, and maybe it's because I don't see that bloom as much as I do just a regular traditional oh, rose like could Jim's be talking it. about. so It's
1: different. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
3: So, um, just you know, be aware. I mean. Y- I think it's going to be, and we've, you know, they, both of us have sold them, you know, for years and years and years. But I don't know why. All of a sudden, it just seems like I'm, I'm more mm-hmm. interested in these David Austin well, roses you than You know, anything. also,
1: our, my vision of landscaping is changing because I'm seeing it more as a naturalized but I still could not do without um, having at least one hybrid tea yeah. or a grandiflora mm-hmm. because <laughs> it's so hard to choose. I mean, I've I've done living easy, that orange one. Oh my goodness, that's fantastic! And that's a little floribunda,
2: wasn't it? Um, yes, it is. Yeah.
1: Okay, and then um, let's see, Lincoln, Abraham Lincoln, that uh, one. Hybrid was, tea, red. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And I've done that one. Um, Showy Joey. No, there's not one. Yeah, just that. Joey. That's it, just Joey. Just Joey, yeah. Yeah, but I didn't grow All that right. that's an yeah. There's some so of the, like, many. Tropicana, yeah, been around the Tropicana. Never. That's a good one. It's
2: not a strong rower. I mm-hmm. mean, you know, but the needs, color is beautiful. It, yeah, <gasps> color is spectacular. I, and yeah. some of the really older ones I like, like Chrysler Imperial, which yes, was one of the first one. to be patented. Good luck finding uh, one. Yeah. yeah. You
1: know. Really, they're they're hard to find yeah. now. So, uh, a lot
2: of David not and Austin's have been oh. a little bit hard to find too, because I think he pulled back their propagation rights. Where you have to buy them from them now, don't you? Yeah,
3: it was almost impossible to get them last year. Yeah, but uh, and we but we've got uh, you know a great selection coming in this spring. Uh, but I'm telling you guys, I just I, and you know there are some David Austin roses that are also considered shrub roses. Mm-hmm. You yeah, know, yeah. Uh, just like people are planting knockouts and some mm-hmm. of these other roses. So. You know that might be something to yeah. look at.
1: There's like Gertrude <laughs> Jekyll, yeah. you know, and these David, and there really is a David Austin. There really, I mean, person. He's the bringer. There really yeah. is well, a Gertrude Jekyll. Yeah, he passed Jekyll. away just last year, I think. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. And then the Gertrude Jekyll Rose. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's check her out and all her past gardening experiences. I mean, and, there's and all. there's
3: probably two hundred and fifty david austin roses on the market oh
1: really i haven't checked that out so many different varieties yeah so rose season rose planting season is coming up i guess you know you can plant roses all year round but we've always been in that tradition of february is the time to plant because it used to be all all bare root plants and do y'all still pot y'alls up we do they come in bare rooted uh, in
3: these big cardboard boxes Mm -hmm. uh and then we you know just pot them up but a lot of people think about roses uh, earlier in the year because that's when you always get your best selections yeah you know oh, that's true and, it, yeah. and, and if you waited till midsummer to plant a rose you mm-hmm. can still do it but you're not gonna have the selections midsummer that you have in the spring
1: that's true you're just not i might have to come help y'all mm. plant a few roses just to get my rose planting fixed. i haven't Look done that in her. a while i mean that was tradition every year yeah. in the but february it, the
2: industry has really changed there and in the market yeah. because I don't know when I was out at Dan West on Austin P. Sure, mm-hmm. I mean we did like twelve thousand roses or something. Yeah, you know, and now it's just a fraction of that, mm-hmm. and half of those are knockouts. I you know, know, or I'm more. Tired of well, knockouts. people are more into low maintenance gardening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they like the they like the massive color. They like not having to spray much now. Yeah. you know, despite what you'll read in the magazines. Um, Memphis, you're going to get black spot and powdery mildew <laughs> here in Memphis. You know, okay? There is no such thing as a disease-free rose. Even knockouts get them here. Mm-hmm. In other places, they don't get the disease. Right. Uh, so this is this is like the worst place to grow roses. Yeah. Uh, I mean,
1: we're humid. We're up and down. Yeah. Um, just all those things. And then the roses, the knockouts, are so compact. But you no airflow. You
2: get a good Tiffany rose yeah. or mm-hmm. first prize bud. It's just spectacular. I've got, the only roses I have are miniatures. I've got five or six. And the buds, though, are that way. They're very tiny, but absolutely spectacularly formed.
1: I might just have to get a rose to go inside the house Mm -hmm. for a happy for a while. And then give it to Jim or Kenneth to plant. (laughs) Well, I do have places to plant, but we'll be back. In a few minutes
2: 260-5926 Yeah, there we go That's
0: The garden help you need Now, Mid-South Gardening On the Mighty 990 Powered by Palladio Home and Garden With your hosts Veda Vance Kenneth Mabry And Jim Crowder
1: Good morning Welcome to our second hour of Mid-South Gardening So glad to be with y'all this morning This yeah. cold morning get getting a little daylight. I see a little sunshine coming up, maybe. Yeah, is it daylight
3: or daylight? daylight?
1: Daylight. Daylight. And I'm Vader with Palladio Garden. And I'm <laughs>
3: Kenneth. This time, I said it the right way, yeah. with Dan West Garden Centers. And I'm Jim Crowder. Minister I'm of our Facebook
1: page. I'm not going to let you say that. An
2: Oracle of the South.
1: Oh, let me write that one down.
2: Well, Oracle, I need a new title. Oracle I know you do. He's over there eating caviar on crackers. Y'all. That sounds <laughs> better than what most people call me.
1: <laughs> yeah, so we'll go with that one. See, I wrote it down. Mm, so I we're can remember that one. Right. So, um, boy, we did cover a lot of ground in the first hour. We did. But, but if um, you want
3: to give us a call this morning, two six zero five nine two six two six zero five nine two six, or radio dot com, or like I always like to say, because I like to people to tune in to Miss mm-hmm. Data. Is uh, Mighty990 Facebook page, and there she is right there. Shoot us a text or give us a call, guys.
1: When is it y'all's turn to sit on this chair? No, Miss Veda, you're the <laughs> precious one. <laughs> Only oh. if you're
2: on vacation, and Kenneth moves around there. And we
3: were talking, oh, um, yeah, oh so, and then
1: yeah. Kenneth moves around. We were right. talking
2: about um, roses, in particular, <coughs>
3: we were talking about David Austin roses. Um, but, y'all, you know, what are the do's and don'ts? Uh, if you want to plant a few roses, uh, just to have them, you know, to cut and take inside and for the fragrance first, or whatever.
1: First do is don't. <laughs> first do is don't think it's that hard, right. as, as you've heard in the past. It's not really that hard. It's just a sh-
3: blooming shrub is all it is. It's hard
1: if you don't amend your soil right. at all, and if you plant it in a really hot, hot area... Let it survive on a little bit of water here and there. Right. That's, that makes the rose hard But you're grow. right.
3: I mean, they, they want as much sun as you can possibly give them. Like you just said, Betty, you want to amend the soil because mm-hmm. they do need good drainage. I mean, I don't know. if We say this every time we plant a yeah. shrub around here. But Make sure say, you've got good drainage.
1: Yeah, but when we say amend the soil, people don't, or you don't, they don't realize how much here that you actually have to add to amend it's not just take it's not dig a hole the exact same size as the root ball or a little bigger and then they take the soil out and then put a bag of potting soil in and then plant the rose so that's one way you're exactly right you dig
3: that hole just as deep as the root ball twice as wide you're not replacing your clay soil you know
1: how i know they you know who they is how they do that Because that's kind of like the first way I planted. Well, of course. And we thought that was, I
3: mean, we thought replacing all that soil Mm -hmm. and putting brand new soil back in that hole. My God, this is the best thing since life spread. Right. Right. But no, you're not replacing your clay. You're amending. You're adding things to your native soil is what you're doing.
1: Right. Because, you Uh, know, you got to keep your native soil as well.
3: Yeah. So uh, and then, you know, make sure that pH is up. Uh, You know, typically people go out there like they do boxwoods. They'll go out there and put a little lime around there. (laughs) Roses every year, um, so because you want to keep that pH up. But uh, they're easy, like you said. Yeah. Good drainage. I say
1: lime. You mentioned lime. No one thinks about adding lime no, to the roses. Just a little
3: lime around. You know, there's three things you need to lime every year. It seems mm-hmm. like, other than your vegetable garden, clematis, yeah, boxwoods, yeah, roses, yeah. Okay, just do it.
1: You just know? do it. And now, because it takes a while for the pH to become adjusted. Oh, sure. So, I mean, that's something you can do in your yard now to at least it's going to be there. And every time the soil becomes the right temperature and all, it can start working, get some moisture on there to break down quicker. So let's lime now.
3: Yeah. So, well, I mean, just be aware. I mean, you know, buying the rose is is wonderful. You know, going out mm-hmm. there, picking out the, the perfect color, the perfect fragrance, whatever you want. But you, you want to be successful after right. that point. And
1: so. I would recommend to people because you do a rose list, right? Mm-hmm. You know, call, talk to your independent garden centers, find, get the rose list, yeah. find out when it's available and and maybe look up some or study some because it's really overwhelming when you get into the it, rose patch, I'll it, call it. Really it really is. With all the uh, beautiful color picture tags and then you're going florabunda. Floribunda flora Do I want double blooming rose? Do I want the smell? What color do I want? You know, you have to kind of pre-plan. Or
3: and, and really quick, kind of just to give you, and it won't take but a second. You know, the different varieties. The hybrid tea rose, hybrid tea, is the old tea rose. It's the long stem cutting rose, one bloom on a long stem. That's just what it is. Okay. And it's called that because it has a slight tea fragrance. That's exactly oh, that right. that I did not know. So the hybrid teas are your typical. Cutting roses for vases Grandiflora is like a Queen Elizabeth Grandiflora usually Is also a big rose I mean some of them get six, seven foot tall And five foot wide It's a hybrid tea
2: on steroids
3: It, oh, okay. it is That's the Grandiflora. Exactly. Okay. It has And it's big because blues. one big rose Well but also with, with the Grandiflora Instead of one rose on mm-hmm. a long stem You get a long stem But you get stems coming off of oh, that yeah. stem With big roses on them uh, the Floribundas is usually a little smaller rose, um, and you get a cluster of blooms on a stem. You can still cut them. You can cut any of these and mm-hmm. put them in a vase. And then the David Austin roses, where we're talking about the English roses, have their own unique look. Of course, everybody knows what a climbing rose yeah. is. These ones that climb. And then there are the shrub
2: roses. Right. There are no climbing roses.
3: What do you mean?
1: Because they're supposed to be horizontal they're, roses. They're all
2: ramblers. Well, yes, but we call them climbers, Yes. And I just don't. People get this thing. That, well, I'm going to put a trellis up here and let the rose climb it. It alone It doesn't do it. It That's doesn't. We're, we're tying it to the, it. the rose to that trellis. You've you got yeah. to attach it to it. Yeah. You know, and it's heavy and it wants to pull away from any structure mm-hmm. that you put it on because mm-hmm. it wants to lean towards the light. So you know, you can't just put up a. Uh, twelve dollar trellis I that you saying, found at, it it you know, would just tear it up yeah Lolly world maybe
1: you could grow clematis uh, on that one but yeah, not your right. rose yeah. you,
2: it's got to be a sturdy structure oh, i remember
1: putting in uh, uh watching my uh, mother and dad uh do the brick nails yeah, yeah. Oh, to yeah. the side of the house francis
2: wall nails
1: yeah yep. and then the wire and then the tying up uh just to keep that Big rows, beautiful on the side of the house. Well. So, uh, and you kind of also you have to prune those. Um, like if you've got, um, what are the things? Yeah, canes. Yes. I couldn't think <laughs> of the canes. You know, you can take some of the front canes off so they're not weeping out mm. in the yard. Yes. And then uh, here, the rest of the uh, attach the rest of the house.
3: And then even prune in the, the other ones the hybrid teas, the grandiflores, the florabundance. When
2: you prune a hybrid tea, okay, enjoy the flower. Once it's spent, Cut that flower stem just above the first set of five leaves. Mm-hmm. as you go down, you'll have a couple of sets of three leaves, and then cut it just above that. There's but you dorma- want to go. But you want to go down to at least a five-leaf. To the five-leaf, yeah. there's a dormant flower bud right there that will come out and rebloom. It'll be slightly smaller than the one you had, but there is one there. Then once that one is spent. Then cut hard way back down to 12, 15 inches tall if you can, because the lower you cut, the bigger the cane you'll get coming off of it and the bigger flower you'll get off of that. All right. Tricks of the trade.
1: Yeah, so uh, that would be a secret Ingredient that you just gave out. That's right. Yeah, because you know, I don't see that happen much, but if you're trying to probably grow for shows and things like that. So either way, I mean, if you don't prune it like that, you still get blooming, you still get nice roses and without a lot of effort, but I, I would have to do the prune down, too. On the, I didn't know that on the hybrid teas, but what about grandiflores and all that? Grandiflores,
2: you treat the same way, mm-hmm. yeah. It's got, like Ken said, it will put off multiple... Uh, stems off of that cane mm-hmm. it's so strong too it can support the weight of those extra flowers mm-hmm. uh, but then after you've gotten that second flush you take those first ones off you'll get the second flush mm-hmm. and then cut that back hard and when you cut it, in fact, I put a picture on the on our Facebook group. It needs to if you take your hand, look palm up and point your fingers kind of upwards. That's the way your rose should look. Yeah. You can reach to the inside mm-hmm. and any bud that comes out in there, just rub it off. You don't want a cane coming up through the center. Yeah. You're mm-hmm. going to slow your wind movement and you're going to end up with more disease. You want all your canes to be wide and come from the outside. The old upside down umbrella yeah. look, yeah. you yeah. know? And you mm-hmm. just yeah. keep making it wider through the season mm-hmm. and then you'll you know you can trim it back some when we do the hard pruning in march the following right. year but the wider you can make that and the more air movement get through, you get through there the less disease mm-hmm. issues well you'll have. and let
3: me warn yeah. people on the very beginning of this is roses are kind of like contagious
1: yeah you know how you know how people
3: that get into orchids yeah, they just can't they just go crazy it, people that get into hostas mm-hmm. are
2: Flat out insane. Yeah. Plants are addictive, but then you get the ones you know they are. As we were talking a minute ago, they are the fentanyl of, <laughs> <laughs> of plants. Yeah. Yeah. Where you right. get one, you just gotta have that and, one. And, and, and <laughs> and roses yeah. and whatever people, it takes. You know, my whatever. good
3: my good friend Bland Britton, uh, who lives over in Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Um, Bland has got some of the prettiest gardens I've ever seen around the house. It, 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 it just is the foundation plantings. His his annual color. Uh, his vegetable garden. I mean, everything his 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 fruit orchard, nut orchard. Everything's perfect. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Well, then he got into roses about five or six, maybe ten years ago now, and he started out with one. Now he's probably got five hundred. Okay, uh, and it's it's just nothing like it. I'm telling you. Wow. So just be careful. Is all I'm right. saying.
1: Yeah, and um, the David Austins are an easy. They were an easy one. I did have to care or not care as much for the David Austins, or take care of the David Austins yeah, yeah. as much as I did um, some of the other varieties. But like the easy living rose, that was an easy one. Yeah. I and love and that and one. And let me but, say this. Um, yeah, you know, it was just all like you were saying. Was, it was the soil and the pruning.
2: Yeah, and if you're doing, I mean, if you're doing hybrid teas and the grandiflora Floribundus, you're going to have to spray. eventually. You know? And there are, mm-hmm. some, there are some organic options. Are they going to be as long-lasting and as effective as some of the synthetic options? Probably not, but they still do a good job, okay? But don't flip out over a few yellow leaves. Exactly. Okay? that's That's the thing. Right. The disease is everywhere, okay? Now, with black spot, the drier you can keep the foliage, the better you are. Yeah. Black spot has to be on the foliage for about 8 to 11 hours for it to actually take hold and on the into leaf, that tissue, right. yeah. Now, with powdery mildew, it needs no moisture at all. Yeah. So you, it doesn't matter. I mean, you're going to get powdery mildew in the desert. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> a lot yeah. of that depends on the weather, too. Yeah, yeah. like the coo-
1: where right. it's cool at night and warm in the day. That's another thing that yeah. helps.
2: So you're going to have to do some some spraying from time to time. Uh, and, but that's just, it's part of gardening, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah,
1: and, and actually, since we've really become more educated in all the things that we need to put in the soil down to the micronutrients and all, that mm-hmm. it even makes roses just a little bit easier. And you a know, lot of it, these yeah.
3: newer ones are bred to be more resistant to a lot mm-hmm. of these things um, that we're talking about, the yeah. insects, I mean, the diseases.
1: And, you know, there's biocontrols and things. I was reading something about, uh, okay, we know hydrogen peroxide. A lot of people use that. And it's something that has actually been marketed for Farmers, I believe, but it's got some, it wouldn't tell me what the other part was, well, but, but it, it keeps the uh, powdery mildew from growing. Well, re- Revitalize
3: is a, mm-hmm. a biochemical yeah. that you can buy yeah, now from revit- Bonide, yeah. uh, and it's uh, it does a good job on a lot of those diseases, mm-hmm. absolutely.
1: So, you know, there's a, have to use everything. If you went into a rose area that just was devastated with all kinds of issues, you'd have to go to more of a synthetic stronger yeah chemical to to get it under control or I don't know I might have to pull them all up and just start over <laughs> but either way
2: That's, you know when I say I love roses in somebody else's yard
1: yeah <laughs> okay we'll continue this or many other topics we have to talk about and if there's something you want to talk about you can uh, put it on our Facebook live or call 260-5926 <laughs> Welcome back to Mid-South Gardening. Lots of good topics this morning. And um, we've been talking about roses. And the reason why is because this is getting a rose planning, a rose time to start planning what roses you're going to put in. It's coming up before long. And uh, roses, roses, roses. There was something else about roses. Oh, um, dadgummit. Well, the biggest thing was, (laughs) you know, we're
3: talking about, you know, as far as there's so many different varieties and it shouldn't be confusing on Oh, know, thank what you're you, looking Kenneth. for?
1: Thank you. The pruning of the roses now.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: We always said like around Valentine's Day to prune roses. I don't know why we've always said that. That's just something. But it seems like the weather seems to be in the proper time. And these are but established roses that people have in their landscapes. Yeah, yeah. So and then we prune in the winter, like the wind pruning, so they don't rock back and forth with That's the right. winds. And boy, did we have some winds yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. So now we're wanting to prune to clean them up, get them fresh, open open up so the sun and all that can move through. And y'all um,
3: still even prune the knockouts, the, the shrub roses? Well, With
1: the you, chainsaw. you can <laughs> just
2: to, to if size is an issue. There's really no need to trim them um, as far as the plant. Now, uh, we've talked about this before. What we've found is that if after knockouts bloom, uh, mm-hmm. have a flush of flowers, if you'll shear it back 8, mm-hmm. 10, 12 inches or so, every time throw that stuff away right. you're much less likely to get rose rosette yes. because that's yeah. the where the mites are going to be in the top part right. of that they like to net to bury in right at the base of the bud or the yeah. next leaf or two down yeah. uh and that's where that's where they're going to be caught usually in the with the wind so if you can like say immediately after they flower do that hard shear back, and and don't keep that. Don't compost it. Throw it away. Get rid of it. Um, then you know you're less likely you to know? get rose mm-hmm. rosette yeah. or witches. Still brew. could happen, yeah. but you know you're less likely
1: to. Then on your regular roses, again, it's the upside down umbrella look, right? And you can take them down to six inches, twelve inches. Um, clean up the little twigs I take the little twigs off the inside Because you know when we get Bare, ro- ro- bare root roses in That's what they look like It's mm-hmm. upside down umbrella with yeah. no twigs on the side And just uh, tw- 8 inches From the ground mm-hmm.
3: Good air circulation yeah. Yeah. More so sun you- than shade Space them
2: out and, um, and, and mm-hmm. go, go to a all- Local garden center that, that pots their roses and mm. you know, to get th- a rose, yeah, yeah. You know, you're going to get a better quality rose usually because roses are graded. They're ones, one and a half, twos or worse, uh, <laughs> or worse. <laughs> and you know, and that's it has to do with the number and size of the canes basically. But you're you're going to get your best rose because when, when like when Kenneth gets roses in out there, they were dug this past fall mm-hmm. and put in cold storage. Uh, his order. And so when he's ready for it, they take it out of cold storage and ship it to him. Uh, and then th- they go in and they prune, shorten them, the canes, mm-hmm. even the roots. Right. Mm-hmm. Prune any damaged roots off of them, uh, make every effort not to swirl any roots inside the pot. That's right. Uh, and then pot it in a good mix that's got some clay in it so it easily transplants into your yard. Um, if or it, even
1: they go a step farther. Aren't they in the peat pots?
2: Um, they no. have been. Now it's, it's, it's so hard to find pots.
1: Yeah. Oh, you uh, could do uh, so it So they'll this just year. be in a
2: plastic pot. Yeah. 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 And, and there again... If, they, if you, they're a freshly potted rose, you can bare root that thing, okay? Just use the mix that was in the pot to improve your soil right. when you plant it. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, if the roots, if the soil falls off of it, ain't a big deal. Okay? Right,
1: and this is if it's like in February, right. March, but, time frame. I mean,
2: roses are so resilient, okay? I have actually cut them back to 12 inches mm-hmm. in July and yeah. bare-rooted them, repotted them, and had them mm-hmm. in bloom in the fall. Yeah, so I mean you can it's hard to kill a rose. It really is. Yeah. Um
1: And know so everybody's like, "I'm begging to differ." Well, no, that's the black spot y'all are having issues with, but it is yeah. hard to kill a rose. I mean, how many roses do you tough. see that's been in the ground there there might be one little twig sticking up, but it's not dead. <laughs> the and one arm and bandit it comes uh-huh. back.
3: I was yeah. talking to a customer yesterday, uh actually a, a man and his a woman and his and her husband. Great people. And they uh, they've got a fence that runs around their property you know wooden fence in the backyard i'd like to see that i was thinking well, I, the same like, thing like, like how every, many miles well, does like it everybody run? does <laughs> and on uh, most of the fence are the old-fashioned red tip fotinas okay and these things are 25 foot tall now they look like trees and, and they're beautiful because he keeps them sprayed early on, and, you know, they get enough sun to where he, they don't really get a whole lot of that endosporium leaf spot that we know gets on red tip fotinas. But there's a gap uh, on in, in, against the fence where there's nothing planted there, okay? And it's a chain-link fence where I'm talking about, and then there's a wooden fence right behind it, okay?
4: Yeah, okay. But they
3: want something on that fence to hide the fence, and the fence runs uh, east and west and the um, where the planets could be facing south, okay? And they're just – I mean, it's an, it's, a, it's an area probably 10 foot long. Just, and they were like, Kenny, what can we put against this fence that's going to get, you know, at least four foot tall? They want evergreens to keep it, you know, they, they don't want to see this, you know, even in the yeah. wintertime. And I wrote it down. And and one of the things that I talked about were different types of distillium. You know, that's a shrub that hadn't been on the market that long. And a lot of people have never heard of this. And there's
1: lots of varieties. So
3: many different varieties. And they're coming out with new varieties every year. Now, I know there's a million things we could put against that little fence area just to hide it. Okay. Whether it's you know, Agnes, Laura mm-hmm. Pedlums, different types of hollies yeah. or whatever.
1: <laughs> right. But, but
3: I wanted them to take a look at the distilliums because she also made the comment that they have autolucan laurels in the front of their house, and they look great. And they really have a beautiful yard, y'all, because mm-hmm. they really take care of these uh, these autolucans. And I know she likes those. And, and one of the things that kind of looked like kind of autolucans would be, there again, yeah. distillium. And like I told them, Veda and Jim, you know this, is there's so many different varieties on the market now. There's some that only get two to three foot tall. There's some that get six to eight foot mm-hmm. tall and everything in between. But uh, they, they're going to take a look at Distillium this spring. But I just wanted to bring that name up because yeah. it's a newer shrub. It's a hardy shrub. Right,
1: right. And it there's
3: is. not a lot that you can go wrong with the Distillium.
1: Well, mm-hmm. if I was going, uh, and what I would do would be adding to that landscape for for me because I want more versatility in the landscape. I would put some ornamental grasses with it. I might even put some low-growing junipers with it, but, and um, probably Dwarf, something more yeah, or something, whatever. Yeah, some more more uh, hardy. Type plants that would be more beneficial for the environment as well.
3: But when we get back from the break, um, Jim, you know, Jim hardly ever doesn't say anything about a shrub. Yeah, and he hadn't said
2: anything about the shrub, well, so I, I got to get my his daddy likes. told me if I has something good. To
1: I know, say like, I don't think he likes <laughs> distillium. We're going to find out. I remember out. last last time. I was like, We're going to eh, find out. I don't out. like distillium, but they do have a place. I agree. And if y'all have any questions or any comments about distillium, call us two six zero five nine two six.
3: We'll be right back.
1: Good morning, welcome back to Mid South Gardening. I'm Beta with Pladio Garden in Memphis.
3: Yeah, and I'm uh, Kenneth Mabry with Dan West Garden Centers right here in Memphis, Tennessee, in Eads, Tennessee. A yeah.
1: Jim's Oracle of the South. Oracle,
3: Oracle of the South. I well,
1: wrote it down. Oh, love Gospel
2: it. according to Jim. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Myth I'm a, I'll buster buy the book.
1: Bubble Buster. Ooh.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's a good name.
1: Oh yeah, we were talking about house plants actually. Um, on the break too and, and yeah. uh, I made
2: a visit yesterday over to uh, Veda's place, Palladio Garden's Got <laughs> I was, she got a fantastic Collection of houseplants And you said you got a, a allocation I, I got that this was a co- long really cool allocation And of course it's a young plant So I expect the leaves get much and this, larger And this
3: is a bulb that's been growing in a container Yeah, yeah.
2: And, and it's the leaf is old The new leaf on it's probably 12, 15 inches long It's not more now, than that Now,
0: back to Mid-South Gardening Powered by Palladio
3: yeah,
2: there. It was powered by that. <laughs> but it's only about three inches wide and scalloped, and it is so cool looking. And then, uh, oh, she's got had a picture over here. She's showing Kenneth. And then uh, she had a uh, one of the uh, unusual varieties of, of Night Blooming cereus. Uh, which I snatched up also.
1: Which somebody sold as a Christmas cactus, <laughs> yeah. so they're going to be quite surprised. Yeah. It, it ain't. <laughs> it's not a Christmas cactus. <laughs> Any
3: particular special care for, or just treat it like you would most of your well, other houseplants? Well, it's house going to be it's
2: going to be a houseplant because I want to keep it evergreen. I'm right. right. This one, I'm I I don't know anything about it. I don't know how hardy it would be here in the ground, so I'm not going to risk. All right, this let me ask you so this cool. guys, because
3: I've heard pros and cons and I've never heard a straight answer when it comes to <laughs> houseplants, is what about leaf polish? I mean, I love the way it looks. I, I love it, it everything looks so shiny and clean. That's one of the
2: things Carol my wife went with me to Palladios just and she said, Their plants look so cool. Yeah. Everything yeah. is shiny and nice looking. Yeah.
1: I mean yeah, but, and I know that's that's a hard one. The one that we use is is uh, and we sell it is is more Thought through yeah. on to use for houseplants, but you kind of have to s- stay back from it, and lightly mist you it. Gotcha. It's not getting coated. Uh-huh. It's not thick. It's like a hairspray that you hold back and just. And it's <laughs> amazing how much the little particles that you use that shines it.
2: Do you have to have to White wipe over them? Nothing. It, it doesn't just drip. Drown. Nothing. Oh, wow, yeah. That's and, cool.
1: and and the leaf hmm. can be really dirty, and you're just barely putting any on there, but it's not dripping. Or anything, yeah. but you just don't want to keep doing it, doing it, because then I'm sure you could build a big build-up buildup. Yeah, the
2: the only downside <laughs> I've ever seen with, with with plant polish is it's collecting dust. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, which lowers the light that the plant right, can get. Yeah. So, you know, um, mm-hmm. but as far as health wise, yeah, it's as long particularly don't do the bottom sides of the leaf. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know. Yeah. Um, but I don't think there's anything wrong. with Yeah. And that then being, okay.
1: a lot of times we used to... Pe-
2: Oh, years ago, oil, oil aside. Yeah, Remember, oil aside. Yeah. Remember oil aside? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I forgot. I about do too. That. Yep. So
1: that would definitely not be good anymore. Oh why?
2: It's just an oil. It's great hand. Well, you can't find it anymore. Yeah, that's yeah. true. They oh, use it. to really? Uh, it's, yeah. it's still it's, it's could, okay. Oh yeah, they it, it it was made for the citrus crop in Florida. Mm-hmm. You know, they use it by the tank car down there because yeah. it smothers everything and kills and, the egg and the larva. Yeah. Uh, but if you if you dilute it with water, it would make your hands just so smooth. Ah. It was you know probably well. toxic to. Baby. But a lot of
3: people still <laughs> spray like <laughs> neem oil. Yeah. on uh, their plants that are house plants, and and it, it kind of does it right. Yeah, most
1: of the oil sprays do. What about I had heard mayonnaise.
2: Mayonnaise, yep. And
1: I did it, and I'm not some, gonna ever do it again. Of course yes. not. Yuck! Yuck! It was on a Dracena warnakai. So I remember you like you just years ago. Just, yeah, I put it. I put it on a paper towel. Yeah, I think I had the paper. T- yeah, put it on paper towel and just took the leaf and just cleaned rubbed. the leaf with the mayonnaise. Oh. Methodically, sat there in that chair and did that, going, ooh, ooh. Yep. I wanted them that clean that I could deal with that Miracle Whip. I use Miracle Whip. There, there are more ways to, no, to shine that just, leaf I up. Just, oh, yeah. And, and let me say <laughs>
3: this also. Uh, you know, a lot of times people have houseplants, and the houseplant never ever moves from where they oh, put it. Yeah. I'm talking about years down the road. Yes, that house no plant has soil, never been
1: moved. No soil in the now pot No eating all leaves. the soil up.
3: <laughs> but at the very least, a lot of times people would take their house plants outside, wash them down really good. Mm-hmm. Get all that, that dust, like Jim was talking about, off of that foliage. I'm not saying you gotta leave them outside. In fact they actually do better outside than they yeah. do inside most of them. But at least once a year, go out there and wash them down and give them a, just a good, clean bath mm-hmm. before you take them back take inside. Take them in the shower with you. Yeah. Just go in there and Maybe clean them off. You know, it really makes a big mm-hmm. difference, I'm telling you. And then if you it need does. to add a little, uh, you know, earthworm castings or some, uh, you know, some more potting soil to the container, that's absolutely fine. Some of them, you know, you might even need to repot. But I, I, I've i seen houseplants, I'm telling mm-hmm. you, that have never ever moved from the spot that they put them in years ago Mm
1: -hmm. you know what else i've all also realized with the house plants nowadays is we're all we're seeing them and the younger generation is seeing them differently than we do Mm -hmm. in terms of okay like if i know what a plant's supposed to look like out in the native growing Mm -hmm. nice fluffy everything's just perfect yeah but then i've seen had seen people with house plants that don't look like they're supposed to, but they're really architecturally pretty, <laughs> you know, and so they're able to enjoy that because they're not, they do this,
3: this, this pre, yes, yeah, yes. Because they, they, I, I mean, I've seen dracaenas,
2: okay, yeah. That that, Is was, that what you were thinking? That was a big one used to when the growers would have dracaenas fall over in the field, you know, and they grow funny, you mm-hmm. could get those really cheap, yeah, you know, they'd sell. Then they are doing it on purpose. (laughs) They turn them all one way and make it have a 90-degree angle. Then they turn it back. And And charge more for them. Exactly. Yeah,
1: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Or like the fiddle leaf fig, when I see them. I mean, I saw the fiddle leaf fig tree in Florida. Tree. But, um, you know, we're keeping them indoors. And I had one that was losing really beautiful green, healthy, healthy leaves. But it was losing some leaves on the bottom it went through a stress thing so I pulled them off well somebody came in and I was thinking man should I mark this down I'm going I don't know though it looks really healthy somebody came in and saw how they go this is just architecturally pretty and I looked and I go you know it really is yeah. That'll be double the price. Yeah. There you <laughs> go. <laughs> that is, yeah, no. but you do that, Greek, but uh, yeah. <laughs> but you're
3: right. I mean, you're so right. And, and, but it's not uncommon. I mean, look at like a, uh, a Norfolk pine, for example. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mother-in-law, God bless her so, when she was alive, she loved growing Norfolk pine for some reason. And, and she had some that were six, seven, yeah. eight foot tall. So she had had them for a long time. Well, invariably, the limbs on the bottom start to fall off. Mm-hmm. And in some plants,
2: they that just happens, That's, okay? Yeah. Well, it does. I mean, you know, if you plant an oak tree, you could go <laughs> buy one at, at any garden center. It's got limbs, you know, at eye level and below. How many uh, mature oak trees do you see with limbs yeah. down at eye level Exactly, or right. none. All right. Yeah. You know, all that is mm-hmm. geared to, as, as a plant matures, to shade off and, and die.
1: Yeah yeah like they're what i noticed in florida was the the um uh the three sisters the sherbert uh cordylines uh-huh. yeah cordylines yeah. we get them in and they're full from the pot up so beautiful. But when they're actually planted in the landscape and allowed to mature, they don't they don't have bottom mm-hmm. limbs. So yeah. we're freaking out because the bottom limbs or the leaves are turning yellow and falling off, but that's its natural thing. Yeah, it's going to happen. And yeah.
3: then even you mentioned the fiddle leaf fig, which is the house plant of the century. It is. I mean, everybody wants them. Everybody loves them. You open any magazine, there's the picture of a fiddle leaf fig in the background. I'm mm-hmm. just telling you. And it's not uncommon to have some of those lower leaves uh, fall off yeah. these fiddle leaf figs, and people thinking, "Oh my God, this thing is dying." No,
2: it's not. You yeah. know,
1: yeah. I had unless
2: you're keeping it too wet. But you know, the, the architectural thing, yeah. thing now is it's not just that; it's color too. Mm-hmm. There are now so many new variegated. Uh, Veda had a um, a golden pothos yeah. that was just. Stunning. I so mean, you're saying just not all green. Don't not think there's more, yellows. Yeah. There's pinks. You know, yeah. and a lot of these, like the aglianemas or mm-hmm. Chinese evergreens, they are they're low light plants. Yeah, yeah. they'll do just fine. And, and retreat. And you're
1: getting some color. Uh, that yeah. way indoors. Yeah. So. I and then the alicocious, or allocations like we were talking about. You get different foliage textures, colors. You've got white veins in some of them. Mm-hmm. So you're getting. Yeah. That that's the thing. Is now we, we used to think house plants are all green but you can get a really colorful little display. She has mm-hmm.
2: over there the blackest uh rubber tree plant that I have ever seen. Yeah I, I mean can, yeah. because when I see a rubber tree or in my mind mm-hmm. I'm thinking of
3: this waxy green beautiful leaf. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But there again it looks like a
2: magnolia. Yeah it mm-hmm.
1: does. I, I didn't think about that it sure does.
2: But the one she's got it's as close to black as I have ever seen. And so it I is mean, actually a black rubber tree yeah. plant.
1: Gosh, they're gorgeous. I so many, yeah. So that's, and then when I went to the trade show in Florida, holy moly, <laughs> it's incredible what's out there.
3: Well, I mean, there again, you know, house plants really are tropical plants yeah for say you know, se. We do have
1: to remember because a lot are. of people are surprised when i say they they live outside naturally yeah. I, I mean mo- they are
2: and remember most of them that we grow are seedlings yes <laughs> norfolk island pine only gets to about 200 feet tall in the wild yeah (laughs) yeah
1: (laughs) and this one in the building is like two feet tall and you go down to key
3: west and there's ficus trees down there that are 40 foot tall and Mm -hmm. 40 foot wide and here we're just trying to keep one
2: alive in the house you know memphis botanic garden when they had the atrium many years ago they had a fiddle leaf fig in there Mm -hmm. that would grow to the top which was like 40 feet up yeah you know and i don't I don't know, how many times they cut that thing off near the ground, and it zip right back up yeah. to the top of that. Thing. Yeah,
1: that's incredible. Yeah. Well, my best, uh, the fertilizer I like to use, absolute best, because it's really easy is erm, worm, erm castings. Erm worm castings. Wormers, worm castings. Uh, nice. And now
3: you call that a fertilizer? I mean, yeah, do we it's co- do a do we... soil amendment. Know, okay. Yeah, amendments, but it has soil. a then lot of good plant. nutrient value yeah. to it, it.
2: It does have some have some fertilizer yeah nutrients in yeah. it that we typically consider and
3: you put just a top right. dressing
2: of that right. on, on the I top
1: probably of the soil kind of overdo it because it just takes a couple of tablespoons you know depending on the size of plant of course but i always use that um it's not gonna you could put it on there now just just to have it the project done right. every time you water it can turn into a compost tea but we're not trying to grow plants and right? there's we're a product em.
3: and there's a product that we got in last year and buddy, you. you probably already have this i've seen it also it's called thrive not super Mm -hmm. thrive but t-h-r-i-v-e thrive it is actually liquid earthworm castings
1: that's even better that you just dilute
3: and pour or spray Mm -hmm. Uh, and then of course like you said that you can also get just the earthworm castings which is a great soft you know amendment uh, but i like the idea and i've always told Mm -hmm. people this because i've always heard it from you is to put a light layer of those earthworm castings uh, on, in these house plants, and it, it. So should I put a few earthworms in there too?
1: Well, you know that'll happen because worth earthworm castings. There's usually worm eggs, mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. so then there's worms in the soil. Which I know I've thought about that, but I mean the worm's not going to get out of your soil in no. your house plant and walk across the floor. No, it, it's going to uh, stay you know, right sure there. That. Well, that's true. <laughs> Every but time you water. Say, <laughs> usually we don't see earthworms <laughs> cruising what ab- through the kitchen what
3: about actually feeding and i know we got to go to a break but real quick we'll ask i got a question for both of y'all when you're feeding your house plants do you prefer a water soluble plant food if you're going to use a, a plant food or mm-hmm. a granulated plant
1: we'll food. let you know when we come back Good morning and welcome back to Mid-South Gardening. We're going to get back to which fertilizer we prefer. But um, really quick. Is it really
3: just? Go ahead.
1: Oh, last, I was talking about that biocontrol for fungal problems Mm -hmm. like powdery mildew. And I said hydrogen peroxide. It's potassium bicarbonate. Yeah, which which is kind of like bacon soda. Right, right. And 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 you can use bacon soda. Yeah, and what it does is it's pulling the water from the spores and the growth st- strands also alters the pH on the soil, I mean, on the plant, too, yeah. which makes it hard. I mean, that's a whole different concept yeah, to but me. Potassium which bicarbonate.
3: To... And then read about that other one, that revitalized uh, yeah. by
1: Does that, that has a... Uh, it's a biochemical, yeah. 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 But,
3: um, you know, so many people, you know, we're talking about houseplants is, you know, is there a pro or a con between using a water-soluble plant food, or a stick that you push in there, or a granulated fertilizer. Oh, oh
1: you mean like Jim, jo- like a stick? Yeah, like a you know, like a, a little... Job's fertilizer yeah. stick. I mean, or yeah. is or is
3: it just a matter of
1: preference
3: on what people like, Jim? I mean, I mean, there's <laughs> very but... few people like Jim, so I don't.
1: <laughs> <laughs> especially but... when he bursts my bubbles. <laughs> I mean, but I I guess
3: there's no advantage one way (laughs) or the other, other than, say, maybe a water soluble will break down and work faster. But the drawback would be a water soluble is not going to last as long as, say, a granulated osmocote or something like that.
1: For me, the water solubles, if they get in the soil, they speed up because they work faster. They speed up the microorganisms, which then makes them process the granule. And the soil. So there was my thought. So I like to use both.
3: And then is there a preference on mm. using something like liquid seaweed, which that, is organic? That's my
2: preference in container pots. Okay, there you go. Right. One of the issues that you have with uh, synthetic fertilizers is uh, salt buildup. Mm-hmm. and We've all seen the
3: white mm-hmm. salt buildup on, on pots. If you, pots. If you do it long enough. Water,
2: water comes out the bottom, you'll see the white there, and that's chlorinated salts. They're easily absorbed by the plant, and particularly plants that are sensitive like uh, um, uh, peace lilies, yeah. um, dracaenas. Yeah. They will absorb those, and it accumulates in the tips and the margins of the leaves. You get brown tips you on You get that them. burnt tip yeah. on Yeah, and that's just from salt from those... Um, coming from the fertilizer. So whether
3: it's like fish emulsion, liquid seaweed, to use super an or- thrive, an those-
2: organic in there, where it will break down slowly. Osmocote's fine because it's a very slow process mm-hmm. and it's a better quality fertilizer mm-hmm. than than using something like Miracle Grow. Gotcha. Miracle is great for out in the garden. Yeah. Okay, but it's not something I would ever put in a house plant. Same with the spikes. They're the same stuff, just in a hard form. Mm -hmm. And if you'll look Mm -hmm. at most, uh, like the fertilome products, on the granular fertilizer, it says not recommended for container. And again, it's because of the salt, okay, Um, which outside is a problem. It's going to leach out. It's not Mm -hmm. going to... not going to be concentrated in there in that little know, container the salt doesn't evaporate you know no. when the soil dries out the salt's still there and, and every, the salt
1: burns the root hairs right
2: so it's it's not a not good if you got white crusty stuff on your potter you, you know you need to think about changing your fertilizer
3: gotcha yeah. yeah
1: and add a little bit of fresh soil kind of chop it up yeah in there you know the,
2: putting a little like she's talked about putting a little um Earthworm castings, earthworm castings mm-hmm. or something on there.
1: Now, if you want to uh, change or repot your houseplant, I always recommend spring and just one size up on the pot yeah. and and be more selective with your soil because mo- definitely overwatering is probably one of the biggest it, it, killers it is, of a houseplant. And usually when someone comes in, um, not usually, but when they come in and there's an the overwatering problem, but... They tell me how much they water, which isn't a lot. <laughs> then we work through the soil process, and they're just got a bag. I mean, I've seen them at the dollar store yeah. before bags mm-hmm. of soil, and you're like, eh, that's going to end up costing more than a dollar because you're going to lose your $20 well, plant. I've, I've seen people put house
3: plants in garden soil. I've seen them put them in mm-hmm. topsoil and all these other different types of soils. No, you need a good, high quality
2: grade potting soil there's a huge difference between them yeah and and there's several types out there you know the first thing i always look at is the texture of the soil and i try to match that as closely as possible when roots move from one texture soil to another they don't really like that Mm -mm. you know so it's you'll get different root growth or improper root growth into a different textured soil so try to look at it. If it's a bark mace, then go to your garden center and say, you know, I need a good bark based potting soil. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it's peat, then you know mm-hmm. I need a, new, uh, a good peat mix. So, um, and there, and there's several, you know, the the Fox Farm soils. I was, I was mm-hmm. out, fixing to write yeah. down yeah. Well, but not right. we got only got their the soil
3: mix,
1: i in Yeah,
2: yeah. Earth, yeah. earth mix. I've had real good luck with the earth mm-hmm. mix I got from you. But yeah. but Fox Farm
3: also has some great. Uh, fertilizers, uh, even water soluble mm-hmm. plant right. foods. Mm-hmm. Big yeah. Bloom is one that's completely Same. organic. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I mean, it's just a great product. Now, the Grow Big and the uh, uh, the Big Bloom and the Tiger Bloom. Yeah. But the uh, the Big Bloom is the organic version of those water soluble plant foods, and you can put them on and
2: use them on anything.
3: And, Jim, I don't think those have the salts like you're talking about right. some of the other water spots. But, but you want
2: to look, look at the, the formula on that. Yep. You know, it's like 1-0-0.2. Dash dash right. well, okay, yeah. we're not talking about when you're looking at something like miracle like a that's 20, a 15, 20, 30, 30, 30 yeah, 15, yeah. or a triple 20 in... You know, when you take that tablespoon of Miracle Grow and put it in there, there can be a huge variation in the, how much fertilizer you're actually getting on that plant.
3: But you're saying using, you know, using a product like that outside, not a problem. you just issue. be a little careful using something like a Miracle Grow type product in containers
2: inside for house plants. Yeah, it's not something I would ever do. Yeah.
1: Yep. So I like,
2: say that because I've killed a number of plants. Right.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, just to mention a few, like we were talking about, if you're wanting color indoors, you can go with Rieger begonias.
2: Love Rieger. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, The uh, Rex begonias. Which, yeah. ah! You,
2: you have some beautiful Rexes, yeah. too. They're always oh, beautiful. Oh, my gosh, yeah. they're
1: beautiful. Um, The aglonomias, like we were talking about, there's, there's a tropic snow, which is just white with little green dots in it. And then the red ones, all kinds of different variations of pink reds valentine's day they're gonna be great and even Valentine the tra- you know it. these
2: evergreens is what she's talking yeah. about there they are the hardiest houseplant you can chinese grow. evergreen and then
3: cyclamens mm-hmm. and calanchos i mean
2: the cyclamens oh, yeah. are really pretty violence. for this time of year keep your cyclamens away from your african violence
3: that's right
1: Look i can't wait to hear this one we'll be right back
0: The garden help you need. Now, Mid South Gardening on the Mighty 990, powered by Palladio Home and Garden, with your hosts, Vita Vance, Kenneth Mabry, and Jim Crowder.
1: Good morning and welcome to Not Palladio, Not Dan West. Mid South Gardening. Thank you, thank you. I was more worried about the food in my teeth on the camera than I was <laughs> where I was at. But <laughs> welcome this to mic right uh, here, I'm <laughs> <gonna> tell <laughs>
3: Mid South Gardening. And to my right, I've got Miss Veda Vance with Palladio's, and I'm Kenneth Mabry mm-hmm. with Dan West Garden Centers. And to my left, over here, my great friend, Mr. Jim Crowder, with the best
1: Facebook page, Mid South mm-hmm. Gardening. <laughs> thank you, Veda. He's our Oracle of the South. There
3: we go. That's going to stick, I'm telling you. I know.
1: I just have to say it. If y'all know Jim, it's just a wonderful title for him. You
3: know, and of course, if you want to give us a call, 260-5926, 260-5926, or the Mighty 990 Facebook page. There's a lot of different ways you can get in touch with us. And we had two people text in, but I want to get your uh, answer here in just a second. First, Jim, we had uh, Riley Newman call, uh, text in. He said, good morning, everybody. Would love some suggestions on the care for staghorn ferns. That's one. And then we had Miss um, Wendy. Uh, she texted in and said, uh, "Can she go out in the yard and collect moss and uh, grow it in a container for a coffee table?" So we'll talk about that also. But before we went to the break, we were talking about cyclamens mm-hmm. and different types of house plants. And cyclamens are really a beautiful blooming house plant. A lot yeah, of people yeah. like love you say, them.
2: see them a lot right now around as we Valentine's broke, Day and right day, now. Yeah.
3: But you're saying, Jim, if you've got a cyclamen blooming cyclamen house plant. Just don't put it around your
2: African violets. That's And correct. I'm like, uh, what? Uh, what? Yeah. Cyclamens <laughs> often have a little bug on them called a cyclamen mite. doesn't hurt cyclamens, but it will play havoc on your African violets. Okay. So you don't want to put them close together. Don't contaminate the African violets, potentially right. with a cyclamen <laughs> mite, right?
3: right? Well,
1: mm-hmm. I could see, uh, I've seen designs like little container gardens that we buy and take home or give to gifts with cyclamen and African violets. And because and they together. don't know what they're doing. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, <laughs> usually those little things that you give for gifts, you know, when they you cram, don't last. <laughs> when you cram
2: six plants together in a pot, it looks great, okay, mm-hmm. but chances are the needs of every one of those plants yeah. are different. Yeah. You right. Know? And you're all going to get the same care, same amount of light, mm-hmm. same amount of water. Yeah. And so it typically is not going to be a long term. Um, uh, yeah, go down I always real quick, tell you
1: know. people to um enjoy it, but soon take them apart. Yeah, because uh, we it's like
2: Kenneth and points at us. Yeah,
1: yeah. Just take <laughs> them apart. Throw them <laughs> away. No, you know, like like you can take buy one and and you don't pot them in that container. You just take the little four inch pots. Stick them all in there together. Put some moss in there. You know, make it really, really pretty. But it'll be easy when you know. Enjoy it for a week or two, two weeks, yeah. or maybe three. But you need to go ahead and uh, take them out and separate them if you want to keep those plants long term. Now, I see a lot of people just wear it out. Just let it stay in, until they're just like, okay, something is wrong with this, and that's fine too. Especially if you can compost the plants so and yeah, put yeah. it back. Yeah, cycl-
2: cyclamens are quite hardy. So they you know, are. after it's spent. Mm-hmm. They'll, a lot of times they'll just collapse, okay you think, yeah. oh my gosh, I killed it. It's just going dormant. Okay? Mm-hmm. you can plant them outside, and most of them will survive here as long yeah. as they don't get too wet uh, during the winter.
1: Time. yeah, that's the thing, yeah, yeah, I put them in a container. I don't plant them in there, but um certain conditions, but I put it in container and like, say, for instance, how it's going to be the next two days. I'll just pick the pot up and take it indoors for those two days because I want to keep the blooms going and all, and then I'll set it back out in the pot. Um, but cause I don't think they'll be able to take that cold planted in a container just sitting out, but they're so pretty, the good little color. Yeah. And I, and I had one that I was keeping indoors and I kept it by a cold window because yeah. I like it cool. I like it chilly. But at that uh, time, my cat was checking it out and she was acting like she was going to bat it off the windowsill. So I moved it back <laughs> a pretty good ways. And the, the leaves started turning a little yellow in the middle. Because they had less light, mm-hmm. so they were trying to shed some leaves. All so right, what about the cat one?
3: Yeah. So what <laughs> about the uh, the the text that Riley sent in? Said, you know about these staghorn ferns. I've I've seen staghorns my whole life. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times you'll see this fern that's been mounted, uh, like on a nice piece of driftwood yeah. or a board or whatever. What it, is any pros and cons or any do's and don'ts on growing a staghorn fern that we know of?
2: Well, most of the thing is give them. Uh, Bright light, but not direct sun, yeah. and make sure that their root ball never dries out. Yeah, you want to keep it moist, and just normally you can every three or four days put it under the sink. You know, they say don't use chlorinated water, but I've you know I've done mm. it for years. Yeah, don't yeah. see me suffering from them. It, um, right. Any way to feed
3: those that are up there? Well, or?
2: it's it's not really necessary. Okay, um, you you can use a little fish emulsion or whatever. Yeah, pour it through it be. when you want to, but you know they are they are epiphytes. They, um, they they attach to bark and they don't really take in a whole lot of nutrients mm-hmm. that way.
1: Kind of like orchids yes. and bromeliads right. and stag her, stag. I'm stag talking backwards. backwards. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, definitely, yeah, definitely don't let them water dry out. I had a we planted one on a little post. Somebody did. And then it wouldn't fit where it was supposed to fit in the garden center. So it kept making its way outside, which the weather is great outside. Just don't put it out there in full sun. Right. Or in Mm. the winter. But it never got the proper care. It didn't get enough moisture, but it was kind of getting overspray. So it still survived. Yeah. There's a difference between surviving and thriving and thriving Mm. or at least looking good. So it would have been fine if we had to kept the moisture to it but it otherwise it took a lot of abuse but and I've seen them in hanging baskets like really large.
3: So the biggest two things though with staghorn ferns for Riley to take away is to make sure you keep these things moist don't let them dry out uh, And depending on the size of the staghorn fern how it's been packed in there a lot of times you see Spanish moss kind of around the mm-hmm. area where they're attached to the uh, driftwood or whatever so, But you're seeing good light, not, not direct sun, but good light, mm-hmm. and make sure you keep these things moist, whether they're indoor or outdoor. And if you take them outside, like Beta just
2: said, make sure they're not in full sun by any means, of yeah, course. But know. same thing, give them good light. Well, one of the prettiest ones I saw, I've ever seen, and it was six feet across. I don't know how many actual plants were in there, but it was at Tom Dodd's Nursery in Sims, Alabama. He had it just on the hanging on the trunk of a tree. There, it was just spectacular.
3: Now, Jim, do they invade? It? Do they do they wire them to a mm-hmm. post or whatever, and let them naturally attach, or do they actually? I've seen I've, I've seen some
2: cases where they've been yeah. glued on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can amazing. use liquid nail. Yeah, works really well. It doesn't hurt the plants and the roots will grow right through it.
1: Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Like, now we sell the staghorn ferns. Of course, they've got to be in a container of soil to, to be upright and all. But I've never thought it, thought how I would actually put that on a piece of wood. So I would take it out of the container. Yeah. That's dirt the only way off. I've
3: really ever seen them is yeah. just on wood.
1: Shake so. the dirt off.
2: Actually, yeah. I'd just take it and keep leave the soil on it because mm-hmm. it, it it does hold moisture well. Yeah. Uh, wrap it in sphagnum moss. Mm-hmm. Uh, take a piece of chicken wire. Yeah. Oh yeah. Put chicken ar- wire. Put okay. around that, and then attach that to mm-hmm. whatever the wood plank or whatever you're using, and then. Go back and just super glue some or hot glue some Spanish moss to the outside of yeah. it, so you hide the the, the wire, wire and, ma- and make it look so, good. So and, and, and you could do that
1: with an orchid. Yeah, and the air plants or the Tillandsias. Yeah,
2: Tillandsias are great to do that way. Huh? Yeah. And eventually, it would just anchor itself to the the yeah. wood. Yeah, it but just, you know, Tillandsias, you can just. Put them under the sink once a week or so, and Mm -hmm. set them up in the the windowsill, and they're fine. I know they're now they're making (laughs)
1: they're making pretty ornate decorative air plant holders. Mm -hmm. You know to to like um, Mm -hmm. one looks like an upside down umbrella wire. You can just nicely set your little air plant on that. They're making special containers. I I was surprised air plants are so popular now.
3: now. Is that the one that looks like? Bromeliad, yeah, like a bromeliad, yeah. or even maybe a small little yucca, uh-huh. yeah, or but little
1: cat whiskers. Yeah, but, yeah. but they yeah. take
3: no soil at I all. Know. They it's don't have to. We
1: just have them laying on the counter, but we do uh, mist or put them, in, soak them in water about every week. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean they got to have mist, some moisture,
2: yeah. of course. But that is the typically weirdest thing. Typically, li- they they live two to three years before they'll bloom. Mm-hmm. Most of them have very attractive, yeah. very colorful blooms. Uh, and you you would think, how's that big bloom coming out of that little tiny Mm -hmm. plant? Uh, and then as it, that flower begins to fade, you'll get pups to come off the base of the plant Mm -hmm. and you let those go on. And in about two and a half years, they'll bloom too. Now you can speed that up. Um, (laughs) you know, we tell people, we tell people not to put bulbs in the refrigerator with ripening fruit because the, Mm -hmm. the, uh, the methane that's in the apple um, or whatever, it will ethylene gas will yes. actually uh, make them go bad. But in the case of bromeliads, if you cup, take a slice of apple and put it on top of the soil and then put a plastic bag over it, it will make it bloom. So oh. it does exactly the opposite. So it
1: doesn't have to wait two years when you go ahead and can force it. You speed it, it up. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we still need to talk about fruit trees, and we shall do that. And if anybody has any gardening questions, put it on Facebook um live you can uh tap tap type text mm-hmm. your questions in there call us 260-5926 good morning welcome back to mid-south gardening mm, fixing to make me hungry by talking about fruit trees
3: Well, but also before that, let me go to um, address this that Mary had sent a text in. I want to know if she can go out there and just harvest some moss from the yard and grow them in a container for her coffee table or coffee tables. Meaning, she's going to go out there and get some native moss, Mm -hmm. okay, and put it in a container and take it indoors and set it on the uh, coffee table. It would look really pretty, I think, in a low bowl. You yeah, know, that's yeah. kind of, you know, almost mm-hmm. like a just a low kind of bowl. You mean
1: like a low, low bowl? bowl. <laughs> uh,
3: but what, I mean, I guess like, Jim, you were mentioning, if she uses the native soil mm-hmm. uh, that she's digging the moss up in, which is going to have a good bit of clay and hold some moisture, mm-hmm. uh, use the moss, of course, as a top growth, a top dressing, if you will,
2: and then just making sure that you keep this moss moist. That's going to be the key. Because it's going to need bright light, okay, like it got outside. If it's lower light, it's going to fade off on you. You're going to have to really keep it moist. We're talking about a high-maintenance plant here because Mm -hmm. if it dries, you know, and just from the, the constant air movement in your house, it's going to want to dry very quickly. So you're going to need to mist this thing a good bit. Uh, keep it moist, possibly as much as twice a day. Oh, mm, you know, okay. Yeah, we, and normally, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I know what misting do. is not okay. It, it's not a substitute for humidity. You know, on plants, it, you're wasting your time really. Yeah. Okay, if you're trying to mist your plants, for uh, the humidity part. For the it. humidity part. Uh, but in this case, because we're trying to actually keep the soil and the plant moist, mm-hmm. uh, misting was, is going to be beneficial. And, and we were talking here, it could be twice a day yeah, that you'd need to keep that thing moist. But the light, to me, is going to be the hardest thing to mm-hmm. duplicate because under that tree, it's bright. Mm-hmm. I mean, it really yeah. is. Now we're That's not talking true. about full sun or anything mm-hmm. like that, but you're talking about just good, good light.
3: Now, and Mary can try this. I mean, mm-hmm. and see how long the moss will last under the mm-hmm. conditions that she has mm-hmm. uh, with misting it, yeah. you know, at least once. Some, Jim said, maybe even twice a day. Well, um,
1: and then there's like all the mood mosses and all that that you can get uh like at floral places or, or garden centers too. And you see that we're always dressing our plants up. The indoor plants, the moss is fantastic. But uh, I have one lady that we that she brings her pots back and forth. And the moss is brown. If we, and then we soak it for a couple of days and then put the moss back on. It's green and looks good. But it's, it's a change out. It's not like all the time green. You'll have mm. to change it out.
3: So it's just a matter of, of Mary of just keeping it moist. Don't let it dry out. And giving it as much good light as you possibly can, and then, like I said, you've always got—you know—you have nothing to lose. Right,
2: and sure. you, you know, it may benefit you to set it outside for a mm, couple of days, yeah. it helps, you know, whenever yeah. the weather is decent, to help get some additional light on it.
3: But keep it out of that full
2: sun, though. Yeah. Right.
1: I wonder if it would be, because you know that mood moss and all that is in boxes, and then it gets to your garden center, and it stays green for a pretty good amount of time. Is there a difference between the mood moss and the one you dig out of the yard? There is. Seems I mean, like there, it yeah. Would
3: be, the yeah. sheet
2: moss kind of stuff is, is different. Yeah.
1: Yes, yeah. yeah, so I think if uh, that works longer.
3: And, and yeah. remember, yeah. Paul Little would always say, "the only moss that's going to grow around here is the moss that grows around here." Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know, and there's some different Irish mosses you can get. Uh, and of course, there's sheet mosses uh, that you buy in a sheet. <laughs> that you're talking about to put on top of the soil to dress up these plants. And I love that look. But there's even some preserved sheet moss that you can buy now. That is, yeah. uh, is, it, 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 I mean, it just stays green forever. Mm-hmm. You know. So, uh, yeah, it's always a nice look. But in Mary's case, she wants to incorporate some of that native moss
1: uh-huh.
3: uh, in, in containers and, and actually try to grow it indoors.
1: Well, it gives you indoor gardening, mm-hmm. when that moss turns brown, just kind of take it off the surface, replant mm-hmm. it outside, and scoop you some green and put it in. <laughs> just swap it out, mean, out, right? Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. that's, that's what it's about, too. All right,
3: Jim, now what about, um, Veda mentioned fruit trees a while ago. And mm-hmm. we were talking about fig trees earlier in the, in the show, as far as just to me, as far as an ornamental tree. But what about fruit trees? I mean, I've always heard, you know, if you want to plant a fruit tree around here, you better be ready for some maintenance. Mm -hmm. You know, and and just as long as you know that going in, but it's nothing, to me, it's nothing more rewarding than having your own fruit tree out there. Go out there and pluck a pear or an apple Mm -hmm. or a peach or a plum or whatever. What's your take on fruit trees?
2: Well, uh, I think in doing doing it as a hobby, it's great. Um, yeah. most not for pe- a living, right? Yeah, <laughs> most people would find it um, that to get decent fruit, you're going to have to um, r- spray fairly often. Uh, <laughs> and and yeah, I agree. Yeah. You with know, things fruit, like peach the trees, they need right. they need a, a pre bloom spray. They need one just shortly after the bloom, mm-hmm. and then about every 7 to 10 days until harvest. Yeah. Um, now, you know, if you've got a single fruit tree and there's no more fruit trees within, you know, several mm. hundred yards, you may—you'll likely have less issues. Mm-hmm. Okay. But if— why, the, why is that? Well, because there's no other ones to support the disease or I got you. Okay. I got you. Now, but— So many diseases, like cedar apple rust, have alternate toast, you know. There are lots of what we call cedars that are red junipers around here, and so you can plant a single apple tree, and you're going to get cedar apple rust. So so the, and and Jamie, hang on a second, I know he's on line
3: one, but you're saying, Jim, if you've got an apple tree, guess really any apple that you plant, and if it's in close proximity to a, a cedar. Mm-hmm. Uh, the spores that are that are that are on the needles of the cedar get blown to the apple, mm-hmm. and then the spores that are on the apple get blown to the cedar. It's so you get something. this crappy mm-hmm. looking disease on it just because you planted it mm-hmm. next to
2: a cedar tree. That's right. Who would have ever so thought? no you, one. You yeah. want to do some research. Pick varieties that are as disease resistant as you can get. But there's some diseases like peach leaf curl, which requires a pre-bloom spray that are just impossible to control unless you do that spray. Mm -hmm. Used to, we had products like lime sulfur that you could spray, and it would clean up the thing for a long time. But all those really good products are gone. Yep. So (laughs) lime sulfur, gone. Yeah. So, but there are some real good fungicides and and there's some organic fungicides that you can use that will help control that.
3: But, and let me say this real quick, and even the fruit tree spray, fruit tree spray has got both the insecticide and the fungicide combined. And to me, it just makes it easy. It's easy. You know, just mix it and spray it. But like you said... You've got to get on that spraying schedule, though, mm-hmm. uh, with fruit trees. Mm-hmm. You better be aware yeah. that you're going to have to spray.
1: And the one thing that Jim had mentioned that's very important is when you spray. Like that's right. you do need to spray. The first one is like before the bloom opens. When
3: the when the buds are pink and swelling. Right.
1: And if I was like, and I know that in the organic practice of fruit trees the same you use the same spray schedule. Yeah. no no biggie there. but when it, there's what's that one? the canola, uh, the clay the, oh, the, the f- fruit tree clay based yeah. Um you know it can I it, do have it and you have it. I've except I mess it up with it canola, cola.
3: but what, and what but anyway,
1: we- it was an organic spray that would help with fungus. And but then there's one there's a mixture. It sounds like a Jimmy Baker thing, but it's actually pretty good. Is um it's
2: kale and clay, isn't it?
1: Kale and clay, yeah, like, yes,
2: yes, yeah. Kale yeah. and That's it. Yes, yes. you. yeah, kale clay. I swear, you will But carry then that. Nemo also, yeah. you know. But the,
1: this one was like really the it's um uh, oh well, I would use the big bloom <laughs> with the apple cider vinegar. With, uh, I know, I'm killing Jim. I think I do this just... And garlic tea. I have a problem
2: using it. If it's not labeled for use in the garden, Mm -hmm. you know, I just... (laughs)
1: <laughs> well, this is like a mixture that's pre-mixed like that Okay So you know, then it be As okay. long as
2: it's made for horticulture use I have no problem mm-hmm. using it But yeah. I have a real problem reaching up underneath the sink or out of the cabinet uh-huh. And making something to spray <laughs> and, yeah. and
3: I know we got Jamie but And Jamie, we'll get to you as soon as we get uh, Probably after the 30-minute the break But also, Jim, with fruit trees Is just be aware that There are certain places to plant them And certain places not to plant them Like you mentioned the apple mm-hmm. You don't want them around cedars and there are, when we say there are, you've got to get out there and spray these things, you uh, both with insecticides and fungicides or a combination of the two, like a fruit tree spray. Now, what about the pollination, though? Is it always better to have one, more than one fruit tree Always there? better to have more than Even one. Even ones that are self-fruited.
2: Absolutely. You'll get better production with two trees, regardless. Mm-hmm. And we do have, uh, apples are the ones that you need to ha- be most concerned about having right. pollinators. Most of it, like peaches or pretty much self-pollinating but like you say two's better but we have a great apple pollinator chart uh that you that on our uh, Facebook group there that has I don't know 50 or more varieties you know cuz it's important things like Arkansas Black which is a very popular apple is sterile so you you can't use it as a pollinator mm-hmm. so you really have to have three trees to get everything pollinated mm. um so you need yeah. some
1: room because yeah. pruning is a very important part of the whole tree maintenance too
2: yes especially young building the scaffolding the, the scaffolding that's going to support the weight of that fruit that's got to be done early in the so tree do the research before you go out there and just start planting these fruit trees. yeah or just go to Kroger yeah, and buy say, your look, fruit
1: <laughs> I know I don't know what I want to do about that <laughs> yet all right y'all hang on we'll be back we have Jamie the Master Gardener on after this Good morning, welcome back to Mid South Gardening. I'm Vader with Palladio in Memphis, yeah, Tennessee.
3: Yeah, uh, no, I'm Kenep. Sorry about that. Vader didn't mean to jump in there right there. That's all right. right with sweetheart. Dan West, with Dan West Garden Centers, and, and Jim. I'm Jim, retired <coughs>
1: nursery person, <laughs> Oracle yeah. of the South. Yeah,
2: Oracle of the South. Yes. Uh, Gospel according to Jim. Yes, we are gathered here today to hear Brother Jim's sermon on tar, nicotine, corn liquor, and the temptations of evil. Amen. Amen. <laughs>
1: I don't know anything about that. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie, let's go to Jamie the Master Gardener. What's going on, Jamie? Good morning.
3: Hey Jamie, good morning. Hate that you had to hang on that long, but we you know we appreciate it, buddy.
5: Okay. Look, now you all talking about fruit trees and what you failed Tennessee's favorite fruit and Tennessee's fruit is
3: the tomato. tomato.
5: How come we're
3: not
1: talking, about, uh, you know, we're talking when, about pollinating? I know my mind was thinking that. I was like, shouldn't we be discussing a tomato also? Well, I
3: agree with Jamie. Because I mean, it's
1: coming up, the Great Tomato Contest.
3: Because it is a actually a <laughs> fruit. It's not a vegetable, right? And, uh, it
1: is a fruit.
3: It is a fruit. And, yeah, I'm with you, Jamie. If anybody asks me what's the, the, the most sought after fruit in the world uh-huh. it
1: would be a tomato i think banana. i just bananas. heard jim having to say
2: <laughs> bananas <laughs> tomatoes
1: what, what we're saying is bananas are you like bananas no i
2: you know <laughs> number one fruit in the world
3: is bananas well i'm not i'm saying is but it? if someone was yeah. to ask me wow. i would say tomatoes of course mm.
1: well jim i guess we need to see a file uh under your fruit tree well, section on tomatoes on
2: tomatoes i have one. Oh, I see. I but you know. did
1: you call it fruit tree file no,
2: tomato has its own file. Yeah, that's it true. Tomato's own yeah, category, it is like right, the Jamie? The king of the garden plants. Okay. Yeah. You know, I agree. Every everybody wants to have any sort of a garden
3: plants a tomato. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. And, and and Jamie, I've always said, you know, you can have a vegetable garden out there, and like Jamie's done in the past, and I don't care if the eggplant are perfect, the squash are perfect, the corn, you know, is bountiful. Mm-hmm. If you don't have a good tomato crop. It's a failed season. You know, it really is.
1: Correct. correct. Oh. That is correct. What's our tomato dates?
5: And uh, tomato grind test is July the 16th, but the tomato gets the favorite spot in any garden.
1: <laughs> that is true. It does. It's almost <laughs> like the that. first thought. First, you figure yeah. your tomato out. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a good point. And, and then after yeah. that, you're good.
3: And the thing now, though, Jamie, it's like everything else, Is it's almost mind confusing because there are so many different tomatoes on the market now. I mean, there always has been, but there, I mean, now there are, there are so, and many. Oh, so many
1: colors. So many colors of tomatoes. And,
3: and then, you know, the, the question is, you know, which one do you plant? And and it's so funny. You ask, you know, five or 10 different people, what's their favorite tomato? You're going to get five or 10 mm-hmm. different answers. And that's, <laughs> you know, everybody's got their own favorite. Yeah.
5: Absolutely. Absolutely. But anyway, you're all talking about things to do during the wintertime. Look at your garden calendar, and it'll give you step-by-step step, what you need to be doing in February, June, late January, February, whatever. And so that's Anyway, true. that's uh, that's one of the big things that we got. But anyway, I just wanted to let you all know we're here and we're listening and, and, and really and look, not agree with everything you say.
2: <laughs> <laughs> he likes to say that to me. Yes. <laughs> you know, and I'm so glad to see the spring fleeing has been moved into April this year
1: yes oh yeah yeah did not in know. Fact, no. yes
2: for some strange reason they asked me to speak so oh i love it well not it.
1: strange you're awesome
2: Well, i am
3: pretty strange and, and jim crowder <laughs> one of the first the thing that just cracks me up when he gets up there on stage he said okay everybody that has a cell phone just leave it, yeah. home. Leave I it don't on care. <laughs> don't worry about cutting it off for me
4: <laughs> <Right>.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well jamie we love you buddy tell your sweet wife uh, tell jan that we That'll said hello
2: great.
5: Well, y'all be safe. Thank All you, buddy. Thank you, thank you.
2: And Jen had asked a question earlier, too, about why, or uh, in some states, the uh, winged autonomous are uh, illegal. It's mm-hmm. because they seed extremely well.
3: Hey, the, the uh, true story. Let me say this real quick. I was playing golf, you know, and I've never hit an Eric golf shopping, uh, shot in my life, right? Yeah, right. I mean, I always hit, you know, from the tee right in the middle of the fairway every time. Oh, yeah. Well, on this, I was in Alabama playing, and I, for somehow I hooked the ball to the left in the woods. So and I knew it didn't go far in the woods, okay? Surely, maybe a hundred yards. <laughs> so I go in there try to find my golf ball, uh, and there are beautiful hearts are bursting.
2: Oh yeah, the in
3: the woods, yeah, and that's I'm thinking, a good plant. And, and they and you never see one, you see like a million of them, and I'm mm-hmm. thinking, oh, okay, magnolias might be a little aggressive here. Yeah. You know, oh, okay. it is a good so plant, it was, but it
2: will re it'll seed itself too,
3: yeah. And it's kind of like privet in Memphis, Tennessee, how they mm-hmm. outlawed privet yeah. in Tennessee because it started invading our woodlands, right? Well, this
1: is doing the same thing. This the only type one, of
3: euonymus was the same
1: way. The only one I've ever seen was in Bill Farrell's yard, mm, yeah. It a pre- oh, it's so pretty, but we need because they're not. Dude, they don't get really big, do they? No, but it's it just, just a whole yeah, understory. One can
2: get quite tall. Okay. It, can, it can get up, you know, 10, 12 feet.
1: Because it's really cool. That but, could be a small ornamental tree. Can you prune that up to be a tree form? Yeah, you can. Mm-hmm. So, so that's another... We need to get some Yeah, more. We, had,
2: we had some that were about six feet tall, and during the wintertime, no, rabbits would climb up in the crotch of them and mm-hmm. eat the lower limbs off. Rabbits seem to like the twigs
1: oh. during the winter time. Wait, the ra- rabbits climbing the tree?
2: They climb up, you know, because when they grow them in, the, in, in containers mm-hmm. or in the field, oh. they usually cut the top off to make it branch. Oh, okay. You know, about anywhere from six to eight inches or so above the ground so mm-hmm. you, it look, you get a thicker looking plant. And the rabbits would climb up and sit in that crotch oh. right there and then eat all the little limbs off.
1: I've like envisioning this rabbit just Climbing the pole, climbing up the tree to sit in the bottom limb. So I'm glad you clarified that.
3: Also, Riley Newman sent another text uh, on the Mighty 990 Facebook page. He said, I also wanted to check, um, are there cover crops that can be sown anytime soon? Uh Well, the answer is yes. I mean, (laughs) mean, well, what I was thinking is most people put a cover crop down starting in the late fall, Mm -hmm. early winter. Okay. When they harvest, uh, you know, all their vegetables out of their uh, garden plot, a lot of people go in there and put a cover crop down, which can be, you know, clover Mm -hmm. or vetch or annual rye or any of those that you just, and Jim, you like to use, uh, what'd you say, beans? Uh, Rapeseed. Rapeseed, that's Mm -hmm. what it was. Uh, and then come in sp- in the spring and just till all that in, yeah. you know? Uh, and maybe
1: he just prepared his area, so yeah. needing a cover crop now.
3: So what would you recommend
2: putting out there now? I mean, I would plant rape. Yeah, still put rape out yeah, there. Yeah, because it likes the cold weather. Now, if we or get the s- ryegrass. Yeah, you know, but it can get cold enough. You get a good hard freeze or some snow on the ryegrass, it'll brown off. Yeah. Uh, whereas the rape typically will withstand that. Unless it gets just bitterly cold.
1: Where do you, do you have that seed or Kenneth or do we need to like, order it maybe yeah i mean you know? we always carry you know
3: the when we when we get the cool crop seeds in mm-hmm. <clears throat> in the fall whether it's uh, you know the seven top purple top collards kale
2: we always carry rape also yeah now it's never been a big seller yeah you yeah. know but people who know <laughs> about it and mm-hmm. you know it's an excellent uh, crop well, that's it,
1: why i'm asking where we can get it because now a lot of us want it yeah the,
2: <laughs> um, it,
3: BWI still doing seed? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, yeah, you can get it from there. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah, we we should. I mean, I haven't looked at that rack in the last month because I've been cleaning, yeah. spring cleaning. But, yeah, we we definitely should have some rape Let me seed. check my
1: inventory. Rape seed
3: available. And if you can't find rape, uh, then you can use something like annual rye. Uh, now they're Riley. selling
1: rape as uh, a plant. You can buy it in oh, wow. on your annual table. Mm. No, wait, or am I thinking about Rumex, R-U-M-E-X? Rumex, you see it quite often. Yeah, I'm not thinking about the other one. Yeah, Yeah. the Rumex is the one I'm talking about, Mm -hmm. which uh, some people look at as a weed, but it's actually got some pretty foliage to Mm -hmm. it. Yeah. Uh, Another thing I wanted to mention while we were talking about fruit trees, too, is you can um, release a lot of insects into your landscape. Of course, you need to have more of a diverse landscape, but you can um, release like green lace wings, the trachea gamma wasps. They can help control a lot of insects on your fruit trees Mm -hmm. as well. If if you're trying to go all uh, natural. And also, though, see, your spray program would not interfere with the wasps. There would be different times you would release the wasps versus spraying.
3: Well, but also when you're spraying fruit trees, we always say, especially even around the bloom season, Mm -hmm. you make sure you're spraying early, early morning or late, late in the afternoon, ideally early, early morning. You want to do it when the bees are not active.
2: Now, are you invariably might kill a bee? Maybe, you know. But well, normally you know, when you're spraying fruit trees uh, early when they're in bloom or before well, and after, not, not many bees out. Well, that's true, know. that's true. Um, but you're not
3: spraying, you know, just in the, the bloom
2: cycle right, right.
3: there,
1: because yeah, releasing the insects is like more of a preventative year round, just keep doing it, but it's not stopping your problem today, like right. what you're recommending.
2: If if you're spraying though. In theory, you don't have enough insects to support predatory insects. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you know, if you release those wasps, they're going to go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like people that release 1,500 ladybugs, uh, ladybugs or, in yeah. their yard, yeah. you know, for steak. Well, well, right. And they're, they're, yeah, and they're circling the lamp in your
3: living room at night. Yeah. You know? uh, 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 unless yeah, you clip yeah, right. their little walls. wings, <laughs> they're going elsewhere. Well, but, but not only fruit <laughs> trees, though, mm-hmm. even when we're just spraying in general, you still want to try to spray uh you know early morning or late in the afternoon when the and beneficial ne- never insects are active.
2: Never spray flowers period, mm-hmm. okay? No. Spray the foliage down, yeah. okay? Yeah. But never spray an open flower with anything. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Or any flower because like it can also ruin the look of the flower if you're growing it for uh beauty because some mm-hmm. of the sprays can be Have a phototoxicity and and mess the bloom up. Oh,
3: yeah. And then also when you're spraying fruit trees, it usually has a fungicide combined in there because it's not just the insects. Even more so is the fungal problems that you can run into Mm -hmm. with fruit trees. Mm -hmm. But there again, I just think it's always easy to have that combination of insect and disease control already combined for me because you know you're going to have to go out there and spray these fruit trees. It's just something you're going to have to do. You
2: know, people think, well, I'm... Do I need to spray because I may not get the disease? You already got it. The spores are on the tree. They're just waiting. So, yeah. you know, it's yeah. not like, oh, it might happen. No, it's going to happen. happen. Yeah. And
1: that's where keeping your soil really healthy, because then the plant true. can take everything it needs, which makes it more resistant in an environment that's difficult because we're around <laughs> trying I mean, to we're, help we're do,
3: so, I guess the further south you go is more conducent for fruit trees, Jim, or...
2: Yeah, in le- a less humid environment. Yeah. I mean we have like Jones Orchard up here, you know, yeah. but it's a high maintenance orchard. Yeah, you know there are areas that are better suited for like South Carolina, Georgia, better suited yeah. for peaches, because uh, they have a, a better airflow than Isn't we that do amazing? and less humidity. Yeah, yeah. So you know, it's like I've lived in uh, outside Atlanta, and on a hot day, it really didn't seem hot. Probably I mean. lived on
3: Peachtree Boulevard yeah. Or, yeah. Uh, peach, <laughs> you know. or Peach something. Well, yeah, yeah, in, in Atlanta, yeah. everything is Peach yeah. something
2: yeah. or or somebody's mill or somebody's yeah. church road or. <laughs> Uh, but but it's the humidity uh, really the side yeah. of it, yeah. Because that's you know, giving us our fungal issues. Yeah. When fungal-ish, you live in yeah. some, I've lived in Houston, you know, and it is you know, it, you yeah. sweat there when it's fifty mm-hmm. degrees. Well, you do the same it's thing. Just, <laughs> just yeah. so humid. Just about.
1: <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay, y'all, we're gonna go to a break, and we have got a few more minutes left in our third hour. Two six zero five nine two six. Good morning. Welcome back to Mid-South Gardening. Oh, my goodness. We were talk- so-
2: we're, I'm sorry. We were talking about fruit trees, but if, you'll go our, if you're will go, if you not a member, join our Mid-South Gardening Facebook group. But we've got uh, good uh, files on fruit trees, the varieties that you're likely to find mm-hmm. in the garden centers, whether or not they need a pollinator, which pollinator they need. And we have files on apples and peaches and pears and kiwis and all kinds of stuff. What well, about- I
1: think we should talk just a, a little bit about the pruning. Because that is important. Yeah, like the open air method. Yeah,
3: you know? and what? Hold on. And what about pecans, real quick? Also, mm-hmm. uh-huh. you,
2: did you? Yeah, we got a pecan file. Good. Yeah. Okay. On there, tells you which one. Mm-hmm. You, you. There are two types of pecans. One where the pollen is released before the female receptacle is pre- ready, and one where it the pollen is released afterwards. And you need mm-hmm. one from each mm-hmm. group to make sure that you get a a, a pollinator a, that a, a good uh, crop. Um, and typically, you know, if you'll use, like, I I recommend pl- if you're going to plant to do something like candy and desirable, uh, candy very sweet, very small, uh, pecan, but it's a great pollinator. You can use one of those and p- with four or five other trees mm. and, and do great. So mm. the only one that you can plant by itself is is the old Mayhan. Uh, Is that a a paper shell? It's a paper shell. It is the parent of most all of the good paper shells we have now. It's very long. It seldom fills out all the way to the end. So you get some good kernel in it, and you get some crappy stuff, and it also tends to bear every other year. Ah, gotcha. uh,
1: Ah, uh, Well, that that explains a lot. Yes. Yeah, so for the pruning on the fruit trees, you could... Do some pruning now. You know, if you look into it and you just see limbs crossing, lots of limbs, lots of limbs on the inside, you can start taking those out so you can have the airflow and the sunlight get into the fruit, especially since we have the humidity problem. You want that airflow to dry the leaves and, and keep the fungal spores down. Now, is, it,
3: is there any fruit trees that you don't root? Really, I mean, other than say maybe a, a big pecan tree, mm-hmm. but I'm talking about as far as peaches, plums, apples, nectarines, those kind of things. I mean, they all do better with proper pruning,
2: correct? Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, to support the weight of the crop, they will overproduce. You know, with peaches, we tend to say you want peaches and apples. You want about one fruit for every ten to twelve inches of stem. Mm. You get more than that, and it's going to break the tree if you haven't done some really good pruning on it. And I will say that the UT has an excellent guide on fruit tree pruning that's free. If you go out to the agri center to the uh, extension office there, you can pick up copies, and they got they got beautiful. Uh, handouts on lots of stuff, all mm-hmm. free to you. So yeah. you ought to you ought to go out there and and, and pick if up a copy. We
1: can get it online.
2: Oh, uh, you probably could. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm sure they. <laughs> I know. Right.
1: It's like I would love to go out there, but if I want it and I want to read it soon, it's got. to yeah, be Yeah, she wants <laughs> to push that button
2: <laughs> yeah. and <find> it right <laughs> there. Right. Yeah. So, but oh, yeah. that's
1: good. That's good. Extension service has lots of great information, you know, doesn't yeah, it? It's <laughs> like pruning
2: grapes. Pruning grapes is a, is an art, really, to mm-hmm. know. Uh, whether you're doing cane or spur pruning, yeah. so you know they have a, one of their pamphlets. that's excellent showing you how to do that, and it's really hard to tell you with the radio. Yeah, so, I mean
3: you're right. I mean I've seen people, you know, they'll put posts down and mm-hmm. then they'll have some wire going across the bottom, yeah. and then you know up three foot some more wire going across. So they have a fence, if right. you will, mm-hmm. and they're planting these grapes against that, and they're uh, they're training the grape vine to go down these mm-hmm. these these the wires, wires if yeah. you will but but like you just said I mean the pruning if you read about it it, it is one of the most important aspects yeah. of, of growing grapes well, right. I yeah. lived
1: in right. Italy in uh, 1986 87 88 and our neighbors of, of course you're in Italy they they grew their this they have uh, you know yards like we do if they mm-hmm. don't have big fields. And so the fence between us and and them was a very long um, grapevine fence. There you go. You Had know, grapes grown up. yeah, mm-hmm. And so I'd watch them doing the pruning and the weaving and the fixing and all of that. And um, then they invited us over to see the whole how because they made it in their cellar, the wine in their cellar about. So they were the harvesting
3: these grapes and making wine. yeah,
1: making wine. And I asked him in broken Italian, you know, dumbly, "Do I get to get in the barrel and stomp it?" <laughs> <laughs> and he just looks at me like, "No, no, you didn't. no. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't want an American." Oh, I still be... see Lucy doing that. That's yeah. the thing I know. And see, that was my whole perception because Lucy on Lucille ball that she was doing that, stomping grapes in b- grapes but, in the barrel.
3: But isn't that, another one of those things where. You know, they just don't want to really grow around here.
1: I mean, people do
3: grow them. Don't get mm-hmm. me wrong. Muscadines yeah. are much easier than yeah. you got your real grapes. And we sell them every year, tons of them. Mm-hmm. But yeah. isn't it one of those things where you still have to be aware and spray, you know, be ready to
1: spray some fungicides? So
2: many diseases we right. get here on grapes. Mm-hmm. Frog eye, fly speck. These yeah. are all diseases. Mm-hmm. Brown, Brown rot, rot yeah. the mummy,
1: mummified on yeah,
2: the... Yeah, so they they're to grow good grapes. It's difficult, you know. If you muscadines, yeah, tough as nails. Yeah, don't have to mm. spray them. They'll overgrow. They'll give you ten times the production. Yeah, it makes pretty good wine.
1: And jelly. <laughs> I cannot wait for muscadine season oh, to yeah. go walking. Oh,
2: let me tell you, I I <laughs> did did a little the lady offered me a citrus tray. I went over, uh-huh. but she made beautyberry jam really yes out of the berries and it was fabulous i've never heard of that never had either thought never mm. thought about making jam we're talking them. about the beautiful beauty berry Calicarpa. Calicarpa. yeah she made beauty berry wow. Jam, wow. and it was oh it was wonderful Huh, cool. it was wonderful. We're
1: good to know, and I got an
2: orange tree out of it.
1: <laughs> really good to know yeah. Yeah. that's what he's so excited yeah, it about. She the orange had a tree, tree. It just
2: it just gotten too big for to bring in, yeah. And uh, so, you know, I, I did cut it back some because it had not bloomed well, it was mm-hmm. growing in some shade, and just you know, needed a new home, it basically, it new did.
1: environment. And, and what a well, yeah, the, was the say, beauty berry now we can sell that as a fruit tree, exactly.
3: You know, and what about you know, and Jim, we'll talk about this on another show. But the berries, like you know, the blueberries and mm-hmm. the blackberries and mm-hmm. the raspberries. I mean, to me, those have always been yeah, easy to grow. grow. Now there mm-hmm. needs to be some proper pruning going on, even with those
1: soil adjustment. Yeah, a but bit. as far as
3: as
2: far as growing them, raspberries the most difficult probably out of those that group. But yeah, yeah they're all doable here. Yeah, there we go.
1: And you can keep them in control. You just have to. I mean, we had black lady had blackberry bush huge all over the place, and we pruned old canes out, pruned old yeah. canes. <gasps> crazy, but I spent they came many out many a day on my
2: belly picking dewberries.
1: Oh, love it so. How nice. Well, y'all check us out on our podcast, and um, we'll see you next week. Yeah, we we'll love to see you next week in the garden.